Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this. It's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. I got this. Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. 
Today I have my brother from another mother to the right of me, Mr. Chappelle Lacey. Yep. Thank you for joining me, Chappelle thanks Lacey. For, thanks for always saying the location of where I'm at. <laughs> well, that's where you are. <laughs> you know, because it's a listening podcast. Like, no one sees the video. There's no video. <laughs> also, it's good that I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for always saying my location. You're welcome. <laughs> and then we have the man, the myth, the legend. Dennis Lixon, thank you so much for being here. I call you Dennis for, Dennis Refuse. That's your, that's what people always put like Toby H Two or like Freddie yeah. Madball or. But your last it, name. It's a it's a very hardcore uh, thing to do. <laughs> very hardcore <laughs> thing to do. Your band is your last name. Exactly. <laughs> how would you sp- but say your name? How you'd say it like properly? So yeah. if I would say the American version would be Dennis Lixon, and then the Swedish version would be Dennis Lixem. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a bit different. Well, thank you for being here, man. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm excited. We had such great conversations. We picked you <laughs> I know, up. I'm excited. Like yeah. on the way here, and I don't even know where I've to been start. waiting for this moment. I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we start with your tattoo and we go backwards. I don't. I don't know, know where we you start. surprised him in the car. Yeah. 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 Um, and we could talk about everything. There's just so many things to talk about. First and foremost, I told you in the car, like to me, which we'll get to. You're like the Walter Schreifels Walter, Walter of Sweden because of all your projects, all the diversity, all the different bands you've been in, everything. And so mm-hmm. that's a compliment, obviously. Thank you. But thank like, you. yeah, you that's, you know. And yeah. I call Tim Armstrong, the West Coast, Walter Schreifels. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like songwriters, you know what I'm saying? Songwriters and versatility. And diversity yeah. and different groups they've been in. and Because mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot. I mean, you've done a lot, man. I have done a lot. So and much. And you started like a very young age, too. Yeah. My first hardcore band, I was uh, 16, 17. Was that Final Exit or Step Forward? Step Forward was my first band, and they're very influenced by New York hardcore. New York, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Which we talked about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... That was your first band. Yeah. I had a punk band before that. It was like a, you know, we didn't do anything. But Step 4 is like the first band that was like a proper band, proper players. Mm-hmm. And like two years ago, someone released our demos on vinyl, which is oh, pretty wow. awesome. Whoa. And yeah, they still hold up pretty well. It's That's like amazing. super fast. Like we were into, I mean, obviously New York Harker stuff, Seven Seconds, yes. Life Sentence. I remember, yeah, I remember yeah, that. yeah. So a lot of that kind of uh, token entry, you know, just yeah. that yeah. type of hardcore, and just it was kind of fast and fast and melodic. And yeah. then when we broke up, uh, that's when I started refused. Was it easy? There was no internet back then, so nope. was it easy to? F- how did you find like New York hardcore? Like how did you find that? Well, I got into it. Uh, I was a metal kid, complete metalhead, and uh, I wanted to play music, but. It felt like everybody that played metal uh, had no social life, and I was way too busy driving my moped and you know doing shit, so I couldn't yeah. really play. I wanted to play, and then I discovered what we would say crossover. So, one DRI, of the f- DRI. well, DRI crossover, of course, that record. But also, I mean, one of the first records I bought was Crumb Sucker, Cypher Dreams, Agnostic Front, of course, we- Victim of Pain record. Mm. So, Chromax, Age of Quarrel. So that stuff kind of led me to hardcore and punk rock uh and then i was like well let me start playing hardcore so i started like a punk band and then step four became like my first proper band uh, and i mean you there's a bunch of record stores you lucky you could find some of this stuff at the record stores I yeah mean, uh the crumb suckers and agnostic front they're on combat records in europe so you could find them at the record stores and then you just fucking you're looking at the thank you lists oh, yeah. and the yep. band t-shirts. Yes. That's how you discover bands. You like you look, they're like, he's wearing, what is that? And they're like, oh, and then you went to the record store. And So a lot of time for me, it was funny because I'm like, seven seconds, yeah, old school hardcore band, and I bought Ourselves, the first record I bought, which is their like U2 record. Yeah. And then next thing I bought was the Skin, Sprains, and Guts, 7-inch. So I'm, like, I'm like, boy, this is confusing. It's like two different bands. So yeah. before the, because I didn't know, and I didn't have any, 
I had no older friends that were punks. And I kind of had to like charge, charge ahead myself and yeah. discover all this music. So, but I mean, I've always been super curious and I've always been like really looking for records. Uh, yeah. Even when you were younger, you into yeah, music? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I was, I was into music at an early age. I bought my first record when I was like 12. I bought my first record and then I just kept buying records. Do you remember what the mm. record was? Of course. David Bowie's Let's Dance. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I still have it. And, when still have the copy? Of the, the one that you... Yeah, of course. Oh, wow. Of course. And it's Dude. kind of beaten up, but when, cool. when he died, I woke up, you know, checked social media, Bowie's dead. I ran up and put on Let's Dance. I mean, I have all these records, but I, that was the one was the first record I ever bought. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's go back a little bit to, to, to like growing up too and like school and everything. How were you as a kid? What kind of kid were you? Uh, kind of... Before a, punk. Uh, I mean, a crazy loner. I was very like... Uh, kind of wild but i was also kind of a i hung up by myself most of the time mm. i ran a lot in the forest really well we lived like on our countryside so yeah. like like literally just walk out the back door and i was in the forest and i was just there hours on end just running around <laughs> that's kind of what i did that's how old were you i mean and from like five till i was 14 okay it's kind of what i did and then it wasn't until like i discovered music that i found people that I actually wanted to hang out with. Yeah. yeah. Before that, I was like one of those dudes, like I knew everyone a little bit, but I didn't really have a, a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By choice. I was yeah. very like, yeah, I don't like people. So, and then I discovered music and I could bond with people over music and that's kind of how I found my peers, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what about school? Did you like school? I hated school so much. <laughs> Did you get good grades? I hate no good grades. So when I was, <laughs> uh, so when I was, uh, here's a, a true story. I was, when I was six years old, I could read and write fluently. And when I was maybe nine, I started reading like adult literature. I was at the library all the time reading books. Wow. And then uh, when um, when you were nine, you were supposed to learn like cursive writing. Like, I don't know what it's called. Like when everything yeah. is, you know. Cursive, yeah. And I couldn't because I learned how to, uh, I, I learned it myself. So I, I'm, I'm writing the wrong way. So I couldn't read, write cursive. And then they put me with a special teacher. I'm nine years old and I'm like, fuck this, I'm done. I'm done with school at the age of nine. And that nine. was it. Yeah, I, I never did homework, anything after that. Were your parents tripping I'm on not that? super stoked. Because <laughs> 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 you're of, nine years old. That's yeah, how you make yeah. that decision. Yeah, I was like, fuck this, I'm done. And then I was one of those kids, like every uh, you know teacher parent conference, like, He's a smart guy. Like he, he needs to assert himself. He needs to work harder. I'm like, not gonna work harder. So I, my, me in school was horrible. The last, whatever gymnasium, which I guess is kind of high school here, mm -hmm. I went two years, and the last year I had sixty percent leave of absence because I was just, ah, I'm not, I'm done with this. So wow, it turned all right. What were you doing? Right. Were you skating and stuff too? I was skating. I was hanging out downtown, just nothing, <laughs> doing <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> yeah, up to no good. Were you, uh, you a good skateboarder? I was decent. I was sponsored for a little bit. Really? Yeah. And I, I competed in like the Swedish, you know, championships long, long, long time wow. ago. Wow. Just street skating? Street skating, yeah. Like jump I was, ramps and shit? And yeah. I was a decent mini ramp skater. I did a lot of no complies. There wow. you go. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. A lot of no complies, like step offs where you did spins with, you know, with your hands. And stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you, you started playing music while you were in high school? Uh, I started playing music when I was maybe 14. Started my first like 
practicing with friends and you know and then yeah my first band i was like maybe 15 and then step forward was 17 when we really started like playing shows and being like a real band mm. yeah. so 17 you would have been like a senior in high school if you were yeah. in school yeah. yeah so you already put music out at that yeah, point. yeah yeah well demo tapes and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing shows you know and, and, and at, at that young age you knew you wanted to do music no I thought it was something that I was going to do for a couple of years and then I got my shit together. I was even with refused. I was like, when we started refused, I was like, well, you know, this is cool, but maybe, you know, in a couple of years I need to figure out what to do with life. And it was interesting because I didn't think I had any talent. I just had like a lot of raw power. I was like, I was this guy with all this energy. And then David, the drummer from refused was like super talented. He was one of those kids. Like everyone's like raving about, he's going to be the next like big session player, drummer, jazz drummer. And he went and he saw Step Forward live. And he was like, wait, I don't want to be, this is what I want to do. So that's how we started Refuse because Step Forward was his favorite band. Wow. And he was like, he was one of those dudes like, I'm going to be a musician. And I was like, I'll be punk for a little bit and then we'll see what happens. And here I am at the tender age of 50 and it, it's all I've done my entire life. Wow, man. Yeah. So Refuse, how soon <laughs> after that? So that's so crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so how old are you when Refuse starts? Yeah. 17? No, 91. Yeah. So I was maybe, I was like 19 when oh. we started Refused. Yeah. 19. Yeah. And that first record came out like 94, right? 93. Yeah, 94. You yeah. are correct. So Refused starts. Are you guys playing lots of shows immediately because you had other bands, people already knew you? Yeah. And all that? Yeah. There's like a little bit of a scene. Yeah. We're small. playing and, and it's like a different culture because we had like all the youth centers in, in Europe. Yeah. So in our town, we had like six different youth centers. So just play one every weekend. <laughs> and yeah. that's just, so I mean, when we started, we played all the time. Like the first two years, we played in email like 20 times because. Well, let's just play. Let's just play. And now it's like nowadays it's like you played an Umi four years ago. Okay, maybe you can play Umi now. And it's like it's fucking weird how that changed. Then, mm. but we played all the time, and and we just put in the hours basically. It's yeah. so wild to hear someone talk about that scene because that's what I've like, <laughs> like looked up and deep dive my whole life. What all the, that stuff? The Umi scene. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I will. We'll dig into that. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Finally hearing well, someone like around this time is his brother's band already around at this time? Chappelle? GS thirteen. No, 90, that's what? that's okay. later. That's later. later. They're they're later nineties, right? They're later nineties. My brother uh, started playing in a band called Abinanda. Yeah, I know Abinanda. Yeah, 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 of course you know Abinanda. Yes. He was the drummer from Abinanda, and so they were like, our, oh, yeah, you bro- yeah, 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 our Go. kid brothers kind of band because. When they, they started as a joke band, okay, and then then they actually became a proper good band, but they I were can like relate. they were but you know they were like our best friends and they mm-hmm. also wanted to play music. And one time when Refused went on tour, they started the band and like played their first show because I, I, I they didn't want to see us <laughs> or you know they <laughs> they didn't want us to see them play or something oh, like that. Yeah. But then they became like a real band, you know. Wow. Yeah. So that was later on. Yeah. Well, na- Abinanda is like ninety. That's also like 93, 94. So that's like the early, like uh, the Desperate Fight Records okay. era of, of, of hardcore there. Yeah. You said one brother, you have other siblings? I have uh, two brothers and one sister. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my brother that played in Abinanda and DS13 and all those bands, he still plays music. He has a super good new band called Nyx. Yep. They're fucking amazing. Chappelle <laughs> knows That's so cool. And Because uh, we're friends on Instagram. All right, settle down. Yeah, Let's they're go. great. Nyx are great. <laughs> And then okay. my other brother, uh, he's ten years younger than me. He uh, 
He plays in a bunch of bands. He's Invasion's sound guy. Has okay. been for like the past 10 years. He's nice. a great sound guy. He builds super weird guitar pedals. Oh, wow. He, he, also, he does music. That's what he does. Yeah. And then I have a sister. It's 20 years younger than me, and she has 20 horses. So I was going to say the whole to, family of musicians, but she's no, not are, are you the oldest? I am the oldest, yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah. 20 horses? Something like that. She that's has amazing. a big form of horses. Oh, and and wow. you all pretty tight? Yeah, we're tight. That's cool. Tight family. Wow. Yeah. What was the influences for Refused in the beginning? Gorilla Biscuits. All right. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the first show we played, we refused. So we had set forward. Uh, we broke up. And then me and David started Refused quite like instantly. Yeah. And uh, According friend, to the internet. You yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a friend hit me up and he was like, do you want to play a show? And we're like, step forward, broke up. We got a new band. Like, yeah, we'll play with a new band. Mm-hmm. So we took the bus three hours north, and and we had like four of our own songs, and we played like three GB songs and a Shelter song. Wow, <laughs> that was like our first show. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that makes sense now that I think about the song Fusible Front. Yeah, because we oh like, wow, yeah, because yeah. yeah. we wanted to yeah, have yeah. that uh, like that Gorilla Biscuits that yeah. But then as soon as we start playing for real, like like David's such a weird. He was like a metal drummer. Like when yeah. I met him, he played like in a technical death metal band. Yeah, and then the guitar player is kind of a metal dude so that's how it changed from like wanting to be gorilla biscuits to something completely different yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah but that was the influence yeah yeah early on and then you know it's like that when david came into the full like he was into like all kinds of weird metal and avant-garde music but also punk and hardcore so it's like from like day one that everything we we were influenced by was like a huge variety variety yeah. of things yeah you know? it wasn't like we just want to sound like sick of it all. We and then, all, w- what <laughs> was like the attraction to like the youth crew stuff for you? You think it was? Well, I I just think it had it was the energy of it. I think yeah. that just like, as I said, being a metal guy and being into metal, and then <clears throat> discovering like like that energy, yeah. the same energy that metal had, but like 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 you know, it's like in its rawest and essence. cooler haircuts. Yeah, yeah, cooler haircuts. You know? <laughs> and and, and there's something about that. Uh, directness and almost bluntness of it that was yeah. super exciting mm-hmm. and and also i mean i think you know I'm, i was young and i'm like a lot of like that like youth crew like youth today and even sick of all mass like that it spoke to me it's like about yeah. like like being young and being like angry and you know trying to be some someone different you know yeah so, yeah were you um were you is that what inspired you to be straight edge in the vegan world too yeah those bands yeah yeah, yeah for sure i mean straight edge that's like youth today thing i was like you today played in in Fagerstein, Sweden, and I was supposed to go. So here it's like when you're young, like I'm like I'm gonna go to this show. And it's like eight hour train ride, and um, I was at skateboarding, and I got hit by a car, and it ran over my skateboard. And I'm like, I have to make a choice: buy a new skateboard or go see you today. I have to buy a new skateboard, so I didn't go see you today. And their friend went, and he called me up, and he's like. It was pretty good. They're fucking straight edge. I'm like, what? Are you, what? What are you talking about? And then I had to do like look at the lyrics. I'm like, okay. And then he was like, yeah, they don't drink. I'm like, that sounds kind of cool, you know? Yeah. And then that that was it. Had you been drinking before that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what, was that the fr- was that youth of today's first time going to Sweden? Sweden? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was and like yeah. a, a shitload of kids showed. Yeah, up. it was like '88 or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you heard about straight edge back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Wow. A, f- a friend talked shit about Stradish. I'm like, this sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about veganism around the same time? A little bit later, but it, it was also kind of early. Like we, uh, I was, I became a vegetarian super early. Eighty nine, I became a vegetarian. Yeah. And then uh, ninety two, I think we went to Norway 
92, early 93, we went to Norway with, with Abinanda and we met some hardcore kids and they were like, we were vegans. I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. And then they told us, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And they gave us a copy of Peter Singer's Animal Liberation and off we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, it's so cool. Like just being, being in America during that time. Yeah. I became a vegetarian in 1988, Liberal Grilla Biscuits in 1988. Yeah. And just the impact that that music and that scene had where he's at, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the effect on him as a young kid yeah. hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. Cause it was like, it was so far removed and it was yeah. funny because like it felt really far away, but it, it really impacted our, our world. You know, we were a bunch of kids and we're like, this seems cool. And I was very much like, I was one of those kids. Like I always felt like an outsider like very alienated yeah so i was like oh yeah fucking i had the mohawk and i was like you know like i'm that guy yeah and then i'm growing up in this small town where people they drink and then they talk about drinking and then they plan their drinking and i kind of did that as well and then one day i was like but we're all doing the same thing like the punks and the greasers and everyone's doing it. and then so when i became like straight edge it was like the most offensive thing i could do like mm, people shocking hated me for it and then when I became a vegan, people like people wanted to fight me because I was a vegan. People wow. like, you know. So for me, that a lot of that was also like a way of like, okay, you think I'm weird? Fuck you! Look at me, I'm super weird. So it was like, mm. you know, a lot of that. Yeah. Wow. That that is insane. <laughs> there was a big like straight edge yeah. vegan community scene in Sweden too back then. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, I gotta say. When I became vegan straight edge, off, man. there was no one. Okay, it was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. My, and a couple of my friends. Wow. And then that exploded. And when Refuse started touring, so we did the whole. We started touring '93 in Sweden for real. Yeah. And back in those days, we we're like, we'll tour Sweden. We'll do 20 shows in Sweden. Now it's like impossible to get three shows in Sweden. But we yeah. played every little town, every youth center. We did the whole thing. We're like, after the show, we just hung out with everyone. And next time we came back. Everyone's vegan. Everyone's straight edge. Wow. There's a hardcore band in every little town. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, it wasn't us only, but that's kind of how it spread. And then in the mid '90s, that just exploded. And uh, really did, then they man. burnt down the meat trucks, and it got all over the news. And it was like in a, Sweden, yeah, in Sweden, Numio, that wow, happened. Like, dude. like because that was happening here with yeah, Earth yeah, Crisis yeah. and yep. all the other bands. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So then that became like it exploded all over the new news and the media, and I was like the vegan guy on news for You're like one for for years mm -hmm. like every time we're like oh here's a vegan vegan band refused and i'm like ah, but we're so much more than that and they're like no let's talk about veganism so you, it's so, so like crazy car Earth crisis car yeah. crisis of sweden at that yeah point. but with progressive <laughs> politics <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy hearing that because like growing up where i grew up like i only knew two people that were vegan yeah. really yeah I didn't know, like, you know, like, multiple people. Were you more in the punk scene, though, the whatever? Yeah, but I mean, but, like, you know, like, one of my favorite bands, Epileptic Terror Attack, when they came... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Yo, who is Chappelle, man? When they came... You had to, to drop that. Go, yeah, go. When they came to... Uh, that was the first band that... Because uh, the promoter was... I knew the promoter yeah, that, yeah. that brought them out to Arizona to play... Uh, the Nile. Are they yeah. from Sweden? Yeah, yeah they're from okay. Sweden. Yeah. They're like they're my buddies. buddies. Oh yeah. my Umeo. god, this yeah. is so. Uh, <laughs> and so when they came to the town, like the promoter was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta find these guys. Like, like they, they don't eat meat." Mm. And, I, and, we, and when we had heard that, we were like, "What? They don't of course, eat meat? they're like, from Umeo. They yeah, don't eat we didn't, meat." We didn't know, like, <laughs> we didn't know, like, what it was or whatever. But yeah, I saw them in, I think it was two thousand one or two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, that makes something sense. Like that. Yeah. 
Uh, it's such a trip. Isn't that crazy, man? <laughs> it's such a trip. <laughs> well, for the listeners, he has a tattoo of DS13. Den- yeah, DS13, Dennis's brother's yeah. band. Yeah. Which I don't know if you ever seen a tattoo. DS13 tattoo before. I don't think Well maybe, On an American maybe, maybe. maybe one of the guys In the band Had yeah, one yeah, But yeah. that's probably It was it. my first tattoo Wow That's so yeah, insane that's my first tattoo so, That's incredible so, Alright yeah. So let's break this down Break it down So the bass player Chris He's yeah, a Chris, good, yeah, good yeah. friend of mine uh-huh. he, But he lives in Stockholm mm-hmm. I mean he was at my birthday party When they did their first reunion it was my 40th birthday. Oh, no. That's the I, only watched, reason. I watched yeah, it on, yeah, I watched yeah. it on uh, YouTube. And then, so... The I'm s- having leaps to it. Don't worry. The singer of DS13... Thir- yeah. We played disc golf together three times a week. Really? Yes. I don't think you understand. I, 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 look, I look at... The, like, the way someone looks at, like, the band, like, uh, like I'm trying to think of something. The way people, like, look at, like, Metallica. Yeah. Or something where they're just what? like... What? That's the way I look at DS13. I love I follow song. every single one of them on so, Instagram. So, so and we, I used to talk to your brother a lot. Back in the day, yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. Is like, this guy a In the early 2000s. Yeah. And I would ask him about, like, the so the songs that were in Swedish, I go, well, what's this one about? You know, what's this one saying? And he and your brother would write out the. <laughs> of course he, he would. would write He's it the out nicest the, yeah, person. Ni- so nice. Yeah. You need to go to Sweden, bro. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's been my dream. It's a bucket yeah. list, bro. It's a big bucket list. So, so then, also, the, so you got my brother on <laughs> guitar. Yeah. And the drummer Andre plays Andre, in my band, yeah, Invasion. Invasion. Yep. Right. So it all, I mean, they're like my best buddies. Yeah. Like yeah. we shared practice space for 15 years. Yeah. This is such a trip. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Like just the <laughs> impact of music in that, especially yeah. so hardcore. I, what's, what's crazy is I knew about. Because you're younger uh, too. I knew so. about hard, more hardcore bands in Sweden than I did in New York at the time. <laughs> I, love I found out the first, uh, one of the first New York hardcore bands that I found out about was Token Entry. Yeah. And that's because DS13 used a sample for uh, Viscator, yeah, Dom Dor- yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that song in the in the <laughs> opening track. That's so sick. This is amazing. And so I was like, "Damn, who's this man?" And so this is a very niche podcast we've got going on here now. <laughs> no, it really is. And like Chappelle, like you've been waiting for this day. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this day. Listen, I've been, I've been listening I don't think to that anybody. I've been listening to DS13 since I was 15 years old. That's wow, so loud. I love it. I One of my it. buddies uh, showed His me. His gonna be psyched. Showed me gave me like gave me the CD to borrow. Yeah. And I never gave it back to him because I was like I was like this is it was the Killed by Kids. Yeah. How did you that, find? DS13. One of my one of my buddies, one of my buddies, uh, another black guy. Because it's yeah. a, <laughs> a black guy. Yeah. Because it's obscure. In a it's sense. very obscure. Yeah. But and I mean, so I he, mean, they had their moment. I mean, they toured the states. They toured the two states. Times. Yeah, two times. And in that whole thrash did, yeah. early 2000s thrash or because mm-hmm. they're doing pretty good. They okay. Did, yeah. You know, really so they good. They weren't they're, super yeah. obscure, but I mean, they were around. Yeah. They played some of their hardcore fests mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. And, and then, they were a great live band. Yeah, and so then I just started looking up because they were on Deranged Records. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I was just trying to find... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who is this guy? So then I found out, like, about other bands. Uh, Bruce Banner. Another, yeah, yeah, Bruce Banner. The Vectors. Uh, <laughs> bring them out. Keep dropping right, this, is, this is like the most obscure punk bands that this podcast ever had. Seriously, it's, it's so good. What else, man? What else uh, you know? I about don't know. I, just, I mean, now, now I'm just geeking. So but then yeah, you got like, obsessed with Sweden. Obsessed. I was but, like, and I then, gotta go because because I I could also see that the you know like the shows and the scene just looked so big to me yeah. from where I was. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and, and I assumed like yeah, it was it was good. I mean, it was it was weird because so we have here is the. The lineage of time. So let's go. Late eighties to ninety one. There's like a really small punk scene, but it's weird because like there's like two hardcore bands, one punk band, one death metal band, and we all play together because it's the only thing that, that we got. Yeah. yeah. And then from ninety three to ninety eight, we have the whole like desperate fight. 
Refused, yeah. Abinanda, Donuts. Mm-hmm. Donuts. You know, all those bands. Yes. And then from 98 to early 2000s, we have like DS13, ETA, all ETA, those bands, yeah. like more thrashy. Mm-hmm. And then we have the New Vogue thing with Regulations, The yeah, Vicious. Yeah, I love Regulations. Yeah. Regulations is it's like... E- I mean, it's ETA with a different Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Uh, so we have that scene and... That's that was my record label. I put all those records out. That was your record label. Yeah, New Vogue is my. Oh wow, my record label. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Mr. Deep Dive. I know, right? Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I failed that yeah. one. You didn't know I that one. That test. No, I failed that test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's it's been. I mean, now there's a little bit of resurgence in the scene. There's like some cool bands. Yeah. A lot of young kids at the shows. So it's yeah. cool. I mean, I still live up there. You know. I know. So the same area. And yeah, stuff? yeah. 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 Wow. You know, whenever they would do their reunion shows, I would always look it up. Yeah. Because I'd always find out about it. I, I would also, mm-hmm. I would also buy their all their merch. That's awesome. I, I wanted like, them. I I turned fifty last summer. I saw that. And I was like, you look great, by the way. Thank you. You're fifty. You. Doesn't even yeah. look like he's fifty. There's bro. no fucking way. <laughs> guy's got good hair. Everything. This guy, man. Okay. I work hard. <laughs> 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 but I wanted DS13 for my fiftieth birthday, and the singer is like, no. We're done now. He's done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> is there a lot of footage of them online and stuff? So much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I deep dive and I found like a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of good there's, stuff. There's some them. footage of epileptic terror attack. Yeah. As well, like there's, there's, yeah. That's um, like my, that's like my shit. <laughs> so is Refuse like the first like real band for you that like you're just doing music? Like, yeah. You're not working some jobs. Yeah. It's like you went full in. I mean, we had some side jobs and there was a lot of hustling. Yeah, a lot of hustling in those. I mean, just to, I mean, we're like, I'm a, I have an internship, and it was, you know, like a lot of bullshit to yeah. get yeah. by. Um, so yeah, but it's the first. I mean, we were so those years in the '90s, we were so active. We toured and recorded and played all the time. A Damn, lot. yeah, a, a lot. And it, so it wasn't really, you know, we had like side jobs, and once in a while you did something. But I mean, I haven't had a a proper job since like '93, maybe. Wow, wow. Yeah. what was that job? You remember? I worked like at a, a gro- grocery store. Yeah. 93 was the last one. I think so, yeah. Damn. It's a long time it's ago. It's pretty beautiful, yeah. man. Yeah. Just doing music. Yeah. I know. I, and as I said, That's a it, w- it yeah. was never part of what the I wanted the, to the do. Plan. I just, yeah. Or what I, want, what I thought I could do, you know? What was the first time you went to America? 1996 with Snapcase. Woo! That's a banger. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. It was problematic. It was. Oh, we were assholes. <laughs> yeah, we we came over with a very self righteous attitude Ooh. about politics and oh. music, and we were. Um, I don't know. I think it was a little bit of a culture clash because we yeah. were very we were Swedish hardcore, but we were super political. Very influenced by the whole European hardcore that was way more into the squats and the politics. Yeah. So we came over with with that attitude, and Snapcase crowd was more like. We just like hardcore. You know, we're yeah. n- we don't want to hear about these pinko nonsense that you're spouting off from stage. So it was like a bit of a clash. And then I think that because we toured with Snapcase in 95 in Europe and we had such a great time that like they invited us to the States and we came over and we were kind of being assholes <laughs> about being in America. Wow. And there was a lot of like, I remember playing in Jersey at some uh, WF hole or whatever it's called. And yeah. I was like, tomorrow I'm going to be in New York for the first stage. I'll see the Statue of Liberty. Here's a song called Burn It. <laughs> and the, the guys at Snapkiss were like, man, that's not cool. You know? <laughs> But they were so patient with us. They were great, but we were—I don't know. It was—it was wild. How was New York? Were you excited to go there? 
Because yeah. all the music you love there. Yeah, of, of course. We're super excited. There's photos of us outside CBGB's, yeah. you know. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, let's go to CBGB's, take photos. So, I mean, yeah, we were super excited to go there. Any of the New York bands come out to see you back then? I can't remember. We played... Probably GB guys. God, mm, I don't know. Oh, yeah. We played in Long Island. Oh, okay. The with was Serpico. Okay. Yeah. Long Island was popping back yeah. then. The P-Wack yeah. was a bunch of venues. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was good. It was a pretty decent show, but it was weird. <clears throat> the record just came out on, on Victory. And oh. Yeah. Songs to Fan just yep. came out, and, and we, were, we were kind of unknowns, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. We put on a good show, but everyone was there to sna- see Snapcase, and they were like, I mean, that was also their the peak of their, like, almost the peak of their popularity. So they were, they yes. were doing great, and we were, like, kind of struggling, which I also think made our attitude not great. <laughs> were you guys pretty big in Europe at that time, though? No. Wow. And we, that's the thing, like, refused as a strange trajectory because we worked hard and we played a lot. So we became one of those bands in Europe, like, we could tour Europe and, you know, 100 to 150, 200 people could show up. Yeah. And then you play, you, I mean, we played a lot. We like Snapcase and those type of bands. We toured the Madball and we did, did all this stuff. But we were never a big band. And when we broke up in 98, we were like, yeah, fuck this. Like, no one cares about our band. A year later, we're like the biggest hardcore band in the world. It's yep. fucking you know, crazy, Because we, we broke up and then, I mean. It's the craziest story. It's crazy yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, craziest it just, story. It just took off and I'm standing there on the sidelines. I'm like, what? what's happening with this band right now? And, you know, like Kirk Hammett's on MTV talking about Refused. And you're like, wait, what's going on? This is fucking wild. And we were broken up. I started Noise Conspiracy like immediately. So yeah. I'm like, I'm out there grinding, touring. And everyone's like, I love Refused. I'm like, where were you like two years ago? What's yeah. happening now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, because that was '98. You guys yeah, broke 98 up. Yeah, '98 we broke up. Yeah. In shape of punk to come. Holy yeah. shit! That was Epitaph too, right? Yeah, that was Epitaph. Damn man, yeah. that was a good time to be an Epitaph too. Yeah, it was great. But I mean, we. But that record came out, and nobody, nobody wasn't. No, the, wow. I mean, I gotta say, the hardcore scene, that world, maybe not always the most open-minded people. And that's yeah, it was so a, that true. record was ahead yeah. of its time. And, and it was ahead of its time. Yeah, so it was a lot of, of like time. the people that we played for at that point, they, I mean. Songs to Fan is such a like condensed and yeah. raw mm-hmm. record. And everyone's like, what are you guys doing? And we had samples and we were super pretentious and wearing suits and people like, what the fuck's up with these guys? So when we broke up, we're like, yeah, that was kind of a failed experiment. Mm-hmm. No one really cared. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did weird shit and we were just kind of being weirdos, basically. Uh, and then, you know, the record kind of had a life of its own and people discovered it and like, oh, this is actually a really cool record. So, but yeah, we broke up thinking like no one will ever remember this band. <laughs> how how long <laughs> after crazy. it was out did it start becoming popular? Was it years? Because no, no, no. I mean, I, I think I think like you said like a year a year yeah, later. Yeah, even like yeah. just like 99. six seven months after like we broke up, it's starting to percolate. You know, because mm-hmm. it came out on Epitaph right as we broke up. We were yeah. touring, touring the states in September of ninety eight, and that's when we broke up. And then the record came out in I think September or October ninety eight. <laughs> And then you could hear a little bit. People got some good reviews and people started talking. So like a year after we broke up, it was selling a lot of records. Damn. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Was there radio play for it a year later? None of that stuff, right? It's a lot of MTV play. Because oh, the, right. the new noise video, people that's loved that right, video. Dude. So, you know, they, they were showing it all the time. And I'm like, wait, what's going on here? You know, it's crazy. <laughs> to take it back when he says about Harker is not the most open-minded for trying experimental for things. Sure. And they want the same record over and over again. They yeah. want you to only play in their basement. Then you fast forward to hardcore now with how diverse with the turnstile and all these different bands. Yeah. It's so beautiful how the different uh, influences of pop 
music's coming into hardcore and nobody gives a shit. Well, when you, what yeah. label either? Well, you when know? you really think it about it, it's like, beautiful. like your but first, they were ahead of that. Yeah, your first record was you bought David Bowie. Like, yep. it, like yeah. we've all like yeah. had this kind of underlying one hundred percent thing. Like before we discovered yeah. punk and hardcore, yeah. you know. Like I think there's there's a root to us of like other shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know a lot of hip hop and R and B. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like in, in have a Madonna in, tattoo. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. A, Mad- a Madonna <laughs> tattoo. Like there's a lot of things. You know that that it's like it's in all of us. Yeah, like but it every wasn't, but it wasn't cool but to it w- show those influences in your hardcore band. No, no, it wasn't. Yes, and now hardcore's never been better. It's crazy. Never been it's better. So good, and it's because so I think many it's good bands. And the open-mindedness is actually yeah. happening yeah. in the hardcore, yeah. especially yeah. the young scene. Yeah. There's like a lot of old head gatekeepers that like yeah, yeah but that whatever. Yeah, but now. It's thriving. I feel it so much because we live in California. The show is every night. Young bands. It's so oh, the shows beautiful. here are insane. Yeah. But every th- night. but yeah. this record in particular is it was way ahead of its time. Dude. Way way ahead of its time. <laughs> like <laughs> way ahead of like time. right now, it's I don't even yeah. know. Ahead, man. I mean, I mean, it's I it holds so much weight. It, it my son I was mean, randomly my son was playing a song off it months ago, and I got in the car. I said, like, "This refuses." Like, yeah, you don't fuck with this song. I go, "Yeah, I know those dudes." He was. Blasting in the car. Wait, he loves I think, it. I think I was. Was I showing him? I don't know. Sometimes I was trying, my son I think finds it, yeah, shit. Yeah. I was like, he fused, you fucking serious? Like, yeah. Like, my son randomly. It's so. I love Because I showed. Shit. I show. I show Max a lot of my favorite drum tracks. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Deadly, oh, yeah, Deadly, Max, Deadly Rhythm that, yeah, yeah. is one of my favorite uh, yeah. tracks for drums. But Max tried playing a few song in the garage. One of the it's songs so you crazy. showed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably. So my son's like, yeah, I fuck refu- Like, it's yeah, so I crazy. How it just happens, like, generations. Yeah, I show him so much. That's good. It's so yeah. beautiful. I mean, it, it's a trip. It's it's weird, too, because it's your life is so... And you know this. Like, you, you, you do something, and then you kind of move on. You yeah. do other stuff. But that little time of my life will forever define who I am. Yeah. Good and bad, you know? And for a long time, it was frustrating because it was like... I'm doing all this music, and then someone's like, "It doesn't sound like shape of I'm like, "No, it's not," because it's uh. a different band, you know. Like, for but but then one day, I mean, it was, you just know. that pressure. You felt pressure. Well, I felt that it wasn't fair because you know you want to evolve and you want to try other things, yes. and then people are like, "We don't want you. We just want you to do the, you know, refuse to whatever." But then one day they they made some like a reissue. This is before we got back together, and I listened to it. I'm like, "Yeah, I get it. This is a cool record." And I <laughs> and I texted David. I'm like. Fuck the record's actually pretty awesome, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really actually good. pretty awesome." You know, like, and then so, but for me, it was a long time coming for me to come to terms with, because it, it overshadowed everything, and it was kind of weird to be like out there, you know, struggling and playing shows, and then people, I love Refused. I'm like, yes, but this is another band, yeah. You know? But but now I'm like, I'm so grateful for how how much that that record touched people's lives and how, how it opened so many doors for me to be just yeah. the person that I am today. But at that, right after you're like, fuck that band. Like it's failure. No. And did you have any <laughs> expectations for that record? Did you love that record when you made it? I, I, so here's, I said, this is too weird. The punk, the hardcore scene is not going to like it. And they was like, no, it's a great record. I'm like, but it's, it's a bit too weird, but I don't think we had huge expectations. We was like, Hey, it's a cool record. We put yeah. it out, it's, it's a, you know, and then, we broke up and we're like, yeah. So I guess no one liked that record, right? I don't. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes they play new noise in like stadiums. Yes, I've seen. Yeah, you've seen that. Yeah, it's fucking they, insane. They, yeah, they'll yeah. play it in stadiums, yeah. like uh, like uh, for sports. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know what I mean? They'll play. They'll That's, play it in the stadiums. Yeah. It's wild. There's there's some. Yeah, I've gone to like some like 
sporting events, and I go, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Go, and, really? and and what caused no. the breakup was it just you guys are burnt touring? We hated stuff? each other. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's yeah. No, but I, I yeah, just we got were burnt just out. Burnt out on touring, burnt out on each other, and also like we were young. Like you have to realize that when we wrote that record, I was the oldest guy in the band. I was twenty five. They was twenty two. So we were young, you know, and when you're a young person, you can't communicate your feelings. Totally. And everybody wanted to do different music. I was really into like what became Noise Conspiracy. I was into yeah. like the whole mod thing. I was into Northern Soul. I was into James Brown. I, you know, that's what I wanted to do and, the, and be super political. And David was into experimental music. John was into drum and bass. So we're like, well, we'll, we'll manage to hold it together. And then, you know, like, it was just impossible to keep that, uh, you know, keep us all intact because we wanted yeah. to go our different ways. And also when you're young, which I found nowadays when you're older, it's so interesting. They were like, you know, someone wake up one morning like, I don't like hardcore that much, so I cannot play in a hardcore band now. And you're like, mm. what? But that doesn't matter. Like, you can like what, you know, So, but when you're young, you're so like, it's so black and white. And we're like, yeah. we're done with this now, you know. So we just broke up and we, we you know, it was it was a bit of a mess. And then, you know. Time heals wounds, and yeah, you you shift your perspective. And as you said, I, it was something about like too that that part of the '90s where everything's being scrutinized, everything was political. The labels you were on, who could you Message tour with? Boards. Yeah, oh. it was it was very like, and we were like trying to be political, and oh, you have a record out on the wrong label, and it's all these things. And then you know, finally, you grow up and like it doesn't really matter. Doesn't. A lot of that is just just fucking nonsense, and it's yeah. it's privileged people making up problems. Great point! Wow, wow. <laughs> I hated that all that because we were in a major for a second. We're in, yeah, and the message boards came and just yeah. all that. Just yeah. like it just was so draining. And, and it was like yeah. we we run Victory Records on on songs to flame, and people are like, how can you be on Victory and talk about politics? We're like, we're banned from Sweden. We just want to tour. Yeah, their record that they wanted to put our record out, and then they you know they bring us on tour. So it's like, but you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, hey, it looks a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're a noise conspiracy. And you're just you're just going forward with that. Yeah. You're not thinking about refuse. No. Nope. It keeps coming up. You're like, I'm just trying to start this another yeah, chapter. Yeah, yeah. The record's out. It's doing good. Yeah. Fuck, man. And you still make it. You did. You did a grip of records with conspiracy too. Yeah, we did four full length records. Yeah. Mm. And it, that's going great too. And our people. Oh you, no. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like looking at my history, because it's. I am very much defined by refused. But when we're touring, I mean, um, the. So we got signed to Rick Rubin's label with Noise Conspiracy after two. We put out two records on Epitaph, yep. and the last show we played on the second album in LA, we played the venue that's right across the street from the Capitol Building. Uh, mm. Where's the fucking set down? Palladium? The uh, no, no, the wait, Wiltern maybe? The Wiltern. Oh, no, no, Wiltern. No, Wiltern. No. no, it was uh, the it, Fonda. It, no, it crossed the street from the Capitol Records Building. It's not the Fonda. No, the it's not right. the Fonda. Fonda, no. is not, whatever. Okay, we sold out of two. Thousand cap venue by ourselves. Sick. We're playing in New York, fifteen hundred people. Dope. We're building, we're building, we're building, and we bigger shows and refused much bigger shows. And we're yeah. touring in Germany, yeah. we're touring in Europe. We have like five hundred, five hundred on a Monday night, and we have a thousand people on a Friday night. That's great, and we're doing really well. And then we signed to a ma major label, and that's the end of the band. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. For real? Well, I mean, it's a long story. Was well, that because they, they like, yeah, what, yeah what is it about the that? The long and short of it is like, it, we got fucked by the majors. Okay, so that's because so, I, I hear that I, you just hear this story so much with like bands where 
Like, a big as I've done this, as I've done this podcast so many times, and you yeah. know, and you, like I just hear it, like you're just like, well, yeah, when we got to a major label, that's when shit got fucking. Yeah, well, independent, so, like you're standing, they're standing out, independent, like crushing it, they're doing well. Okay, there's there's people helping them, there's different people at the label that can promote stuff. Like you go to major, there's a million bands, and it's just like they're just like you're disposable, putting them out, man, disposable. Yeah. Bro. so like, like everyone's replaceable. Well, or, I mean, or, and, and also I gotta say that it's like. Stuff. I don't know. It's also like they spent a lot of money on our band. I mean, we got to record two records with Rick Rubin. It's amazing. That's amazing. Those are stories for my life. But then, I mean, we got tangled up in weird, like, uh, label politics. It wasn't wasn't really about our band. It was like Rick Rubin wanted to go from, he had American recordings on Island FM, and he wanted to switch to Warner. We got stuck in that weird limbo. So it wasn't really our fault, but we just lost momentum. Yeah. And yeah. then, as you said, there's like you're replaced, but there's so many people. There's such a flux of people because, like, you meet someone like, oh, he's our guy. And then four months later, you're like, no, he's gone. And like, True. Well, you know, who is this person now that I'm talking to? And really? yeah. that just kept happening. And I mean, so the first noise conspiracy record we did with Rick Rubin cost $400,000 to record. And it sold like, what, 3,000 copies? Wow. You're like that's not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> that's not why. Great. I don't that's reality. Why would they give that much for Cause a record? Because it was Rick was Rubin. So- he was like, "Well, <laughs> this is how we're going to record it." We're like, "I guess." I mean, my hotel. Like, I was in LA for six weeks doing vocals. Just my hotel bill was larger than the entire previous record. There's a great. There's a great. <laughs> I can totally really, we talked about this before. <laughs> our photo shoot for the back of our major label album cover for Go was more than the whole entire Nothing to Prove record. Yeah. Everything. It's insane. It's fucking crazy, yeah. bro. And they're like, yeah. throw money at you, bro. Throw money yeah. at you. Yeah. You have to recoup but, it. And you have to recoup. Well, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> Recouping $400,000. Well, is yeah. that what they expect you to do? Like, I mean, you're, so, the, the so they're like, so like, hey, we'll give you all this money, but you got to recoup deal. it. Right? I mean, is that? I mean that, that's, the, that's a plan. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we had momentum. We had Leroy Cohen come to our show wow. and be like, "Fucking these Gangster. guys, we're signing these guys." You know, we we were we were on the cusp of something, and we lost momentum. And if you lose momentum, you know, and then the record. So it's a long story, but we started touring a record called Armed Love. Yeah, and we played Coachella on the main stage, and that was supposed to be like we're playing Coachella main stage. Mm-hmm. The record's out in a month. You know, like, fucking, yeah. let's do yeah, this. That's, 2004. That, yeah, and push. when we're playing Coachella, Rick Rubin comes and he says, Lyric Cohen left. I don't want to be on Island Def Jam. We're, we're, we're going to switch. The whole label is switching. And we're like, what does it mean? He's like, I don't know. And then the record came out on Warner. So we did press for Island Def Jam. The record was like, there's promo copies from Island Def Jam. And then the record comes out on Warner 10 months later. All the press people like, we had this record a year ago. We're not going to review it. We're not going to write about it. Like it was, you know, so we got just lost in this weird Damn. shuffle of like, and then Rick, Rick was super cool. He's like, okay, I get it. We yeah. can't, you can't continue to tour on the record that doesn't exist. And if we have no momentum, let's do a new record. And we record a new record, only $200,000. So it's a bit cheaper. It's yeah. not much, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then Rick, or, Rick changes labels from um, Warner to Atlantic and Atlantic looks at numbers and they're like, why are we releasing this band? And then we got dumped off to Vagrant and then Vagrant oh, says, really? here's a thousand bucks to shoot a video. I'm like, we just we just recorded a record for 200,000. I'm like, well, you'll, we'll give you a thousand bucks to shoot a video. And then we're like, 
maybe it's just time to call it quits. Wow, yeah. dude. It's fucking... Isn't that crazy? And it, and it is funny because... The ring So, it's, so they that. just kind of give you a runaround. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's just, as I said, there's so many people involved and it's just yeah. like it always fluctuates. Interchanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, not every, and not everyone that's involved is on the same page. No, no, no. Sounds like... Rick was super supportive of our band. He was like, I love your band. And then one day he was like, well, I'm going to be the, like, whatever, vice president of Atlantic and the, this is not going to work. I'm I'm gonna burn your number right now. I'll never talk to you again. I'm like I guess so. That's gonna happen, bro. <laughs> Meanwhile, you keep running epitaph. You can call Brett Gerwitz. If yeah, you want. exactly. Call the owner. Text yeah, the owner. Yeah. He put me up in his crib. Yeah, that's a difference. It that, is that, a difference. Yeah, big difference. But but we, it, it's also funny because there's this this whole ambition, and when we signed the deal, we're like we're not gonna be that band, and then three years later. Where that band? <laughs> wow. So did you leave Epitaph to go to a major? Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck, bro. And Brett's we, like, we, Brett's like, you can always come back if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. He really did say that, yeah. man. Brett's awesome. Is that, yeah. yeah. That's we did man, the same thing. That is so Because our crazy. friends like New Found yeah. Glory is on there, Blink, and they're selling all these bands, and this guy's like, come over here. We're yeah. doing like more punker shit. And we yeah. did it. It was scary. I didn't want to do it. You know that. It was scary. And then that label folded and we got released, which yeah. never happens. So what, what, like... Fuck, man. That's so crazy. <laughs> Love you, Becker. Did, did, did you, did you, did you guys want to go to a major label? Well, like you, or well, you, were you guys kind of iffy about it? We were, I mean, we were planning on, but then Rick Rubin says, I want to record your band. I'm like... I love Slayer. I love Danzig. I love the cult. I love everything you've done. Yes. And so the caveat was, if I want, if if I'm producing a record, I'm signing you. And we're like, fuck yeah, because I want to record with, with like, Rick Rubin. The, yeah, with Rick shit. Rubin. Yeah, you know? like he's the biggest record producer of all time. I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember being with our manager. He's like, we need to sign this contract. He's, all, he's sweating. He's like, it's horrible. Sign it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to good start. Was Rick Rubin cool? He was super cool. He was so super supportive. He was super supportive. He loved our band. He was super cool. So I mean, no, no shout on Rick, but he, we got caught up in like the fucking treadmill of just, yeah. you know, and uh, fucking major labels. Man. Yeah, but then I mean, it's like it's a part of the fucking experience. It's, yeah, it's a these part stories yeah. are, you know, what what brought us here today. Yeah. <laughs> So what are you doing? Are you doing band? What's the band right after that? Because that was like over in 2008, it seems. Yeah. So the band. The reunion's not to 2012. Refused. Yeah. yeah. So Invasion. Invasion comes. Invasion. Yeah. Invasion started yep. around that time. And that there was like, we actually got signed to a major in Sweden, but that was very different and very low key, small scale. Yeah. yeah. And then I actually released the vinyl myself on my own label. But so it's Invasion. Um. And then refused comes back. AC4. AC4 was around that time as well, yeah. Damn. So my hardcore band with David. But the he, Lost Patrol? That was before Invasion. It's the same people. Wow. Lost Patrol band and Invasion is kind of the same crew. We changed our name and changed our language. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that's what brings you back to the Walter Shripe was where it's like <laughs> the GB guys with the Civ guys yeah, were yeah. switching off the Judge. Yeah, the whole yeah. crew of friends that do different bands together. Yeah. And that's, that's so that's cool. That's kind of what I do. I've been lucky enough, like a lot of the people I play with and still play with, I've been friends with these people for like 25, 30 years. And I mean, yeah. still play music together. And I mean, some I play with some new people, but most of it, my crew, like the Refuse guys and like Sarah is like my fucking main conspirators. We, we oh, do yeah. all our shit together nowadays. And it's cool to have these people that you really trust and you yeah. know each other and you want to play music. Together. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really rad. That's dope. Did you yeah. come to America with Invasion? Yes, yes, we've they done did. like two, or <laughs> two or three U.S. tours. Okay, no one 
came to see us play, but when I mean, we toured, it was awesome. You do about they that? played. Uh, they played Arizona. They played the Valley Bar. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, we we've done. <laughs> You know he knows more than me about that. Crazy, bro. But we did we did some touring, and I mean we're we're still kicking around. We're playing shows. Still playing shows. Yeah, yeah. We put out a record a year ago, but it's only released like in Europe, and which is a bummer because it's it's one of my best records I ever put out. Mm. It's called "Let the Night Love You." It's it's a beautiful piece of yeah, it's it's a beautiful piece of music, and uh, we toured in Europe in December. We're going to tour in Europe after the summer. We're doing shows when I come home now, and we're r- mm-hmm. working on new records, and, you know, just That's keep dope. working. You yeah. stay busy. You stay writing. Yeah. You have so yeah. many. Yeah. You st- you're always I got writing. F- I got five active bands right now. Five oh, active bands. Okay. Na- what are the names? So we, one, we is, names. one is called Refused. Yes. Sir. But we're... <laughs> <laughs> we know not that. Sh- not sure yeah. if you heard of us. But, <laughs> but uh, Refused is low-key active right now. Like, we're... we're we're working on music in a very, very slow pace, but we're still around. You know, we talk and we're planning shit and come writing in, some come songs. Come hang out out here. Come yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope, may, hopefully next year. And then we have Invasion, yep. which I would say is probably the band that I spent most like of my creative energy on. Just like they're, they're my best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Andre from DS13 yeah. and Sarah from The Donuts, of course. Ooh. You know, so it's, you know. That's cool. And The Vicious and Mass History. You, know, <laughs> all those you heard The Donuts? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then I, me and Sarah started a new punk band where she's singing and I play rhythm guitar. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It, it's called Venice Casino and it's, and we have a record come out in May. It's super cool. <laughs> nice. Very low key. We're like, you know, it's like a project thing, but we played a couple of shows and we're playing some shows in May and have a record come out. Is it, is it streaming? Uh, we're not going to put it out on streaming. Okay. Only vinyl. Only vinyl. But it's it's going to come cool. out on streaming eventually, I eventually, assume. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll send you guys the link. It's yeah, no, that'd cool be great. It's a cool record. It's really fun. That'd be great. Like 16 songs in like 28 minutes. Wow. Like punk rock. Yeah. And then uh, me, David, and Magnus from Fused started a band together with a jazz saxophone player. So it's like a free jazz improvised uh, doom band. <laughs> it was like doom metal, but with that's, saxophone. That's pretty sick. And I do, I have a lot of like, I have a big pedal board, so I have a lot of vocal effects, and it's super free, and it's like very, like there's like usually like a theme that runs with a bass and the drums, and then me and the saxophone play just improvise around it. That's awesome. Uh, and we actually recorded record. It was very, so refused usually like five years to put out records. Like we worked yeah. slowly and meticulously. And this, so this guy, Mats Gustafsson, which is, um, He's known as one of the best improvisational free jazz players in the world, basically, saxophone player. And he hit me up and he's like, I have an hour at the jazz festival in Umeå. Do you want to play with me? I'm like, fuck yeah, what are we doing? And then we, 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 you know, we bounced some ideas and we shot like some demos, like here's like a riff, you know. And then we met on the Thursday practice, played a show on the Friday, recorded a record on the Saturday. Wow, man! It's like jazz style. They do that all the time. Oh, that's like, how they we, operate. we have a record now. We recorded yesterday, and we we the band formed three days ago. So it's so cool. How, how like okay? <laughs> how do you stay so locked in? Like yeah, you just seem so locked into <laughs> all music, of it. Like yeah. it just almost seems like it's just the bloodline of you. It just seems yeah. like it, you know. It's just, just seems, the flow just seems. Does, I just love music so yeah. much. Yeah. It's just that that's what it is. Like I love music. Uh, and, yeah. and I also think it's like I want to w- if I'm creating stuff I want to push myself the whole time I don't want to be complacent and be like you know oh do this over and over again I want to try new stuff all the time I'll push yeah. myself so I mean just trying to um, 
I I hate being uh, I hate not doing stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's I like I keep it still. But then sometimes I'm like I look at my schedule. So we I just did that one. Then the last band is of course Fake Names, yeah. which is why I'm here. Insane yeah. lineup, man. Yeah, it's insane. We'll talk about. It. But so so I'm doing the Fake Names tour, and I come home in May, and I play with three different bands in the span of two weeks. And that's a bit like, I'm like, oh, my brain, uh, you know, like the logistics of it, but also keeping, <laughs> I'm like, so we're doing a show with Venice Casino and then I'm going down to Stockholm to play with the, the, the new jazz band and then I go home and we're doing a couple of shows of innovation and then there's another show with Venice Casino. So May is just like a weird puzzle of different bands playing. Wow. Sometimes I'm a bit like, maybe it's a bit too much. And then I started doing my YouTube channel. So I'm just fucking... Always so what's the YouTube yeah. channel? What's that? It's called Dennis Deep Cuts. I talk about you my... You didn't know about that, bro? No, I didn't. Okay. I talk about <laughs> my rec record collection. Oh, uh, mostly. man. Yeah. My S record collection... Is it massive? I mean, I mean, yeah. A couple thousand? Twelve. Twelve thousand? Yeah. That's pretty freaking wow. big, man. <laughs> wow. Tim it's, Armstrong's got a big one, too. Yeah. That's Luxury. that's like that Rollins level, too. He's got one, too? He's got a Rollin, massive record. Rollins, I, I don't think I can compete, compete with Rollins. He's got, his, is, his is up yeah, there, huh? More, more than 12,000? I would say yeah, so. His, He's, he, he, that's the only thing he spends money on. Yeah, ah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't buy. He doesn't buy anything but records. Yeah, that's he, kind of my. He life. said he's. Spent, like he, yeah, he said he spent more on like his record, like setup, like the yeah, record the, playing the, off. The, yeah, yeah, than anything else. Yeah, like he. I'm not he, a. Yeah. I'm not a hi-fi nerd. Per, I just love records, mm -hmm. and I collect records, yeah. and I buy a lot of records. So on the YouTube, you're breaking down your favorites, stuff like that. Yeah, it's different themes. Like, all right, here's a list of ten, ten amazing records. That are not in English, and here's a list of my ten most expensive albums, and here's yeah. a list of yeah. my ten whatever the best ten Swedish punk seven inches from the eighties. That's and cool, yeah. man. And then I'm gonna do more like we learned, like conversations and stuff like yeah. that. But it's when I'm isolated back home in Sweden, it's difficult. So I did. I actually done some interviews while here in the states because I play in fake names. And I've interviewed all those guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> do you have Chung Kink and Suck It? Judge? I record? don't have that one. <sighs> but it's so it's expensive. It is. It's so expensive. It's like so, the most expensive oh, hardcore record, supposedly, right? Yeah, said. it is, yeah. Question, go ahead. So you mentioned you read a lot of literature yes. growing up. Yes. And do you think. <laughs> no, keep. <laughs> well, because I, I, you know, I always like to tie things to like, and maybe it's not a <laughs> to tie lyrics? to you. But yeah, to lyrics and all that stuff. Do you think that had an end? Like a influence on, or what gave you a solid push to to just be so, you know, creative with your your lyricism? Do you think that like really helped just the reading? Yeah, that you do. I do think that it's a big aspect of it because I think that when I write, especially when I try to write for different bands, I I kind of envision like a language that's that band yeah so when i write for refused i know what words to use and yeah. what kind of language and what kind of patterns and rhythms yeah because i'm like this is refused and then invasion is like the opposite end of the spectrum yep. invasion is way more uh self-reflective and personal and a bit more poetic i mean it's still kind of political a lot of it but it's more like you know the, the personal aspect of it refused i'm like let's go violent let's go hard and let's just like not for not not, not a lot of like poetic phrasing it's just in your face yeah and then you have like something like fake names a little bit in between it's more you know direct so i, I try to use language in different ways mm -hmm. and I, i'm i'm one of those dudes like i'll read a book for the language yeah. for the yeah. way someone yeah. writes and for the way things flow mm -hmm. um which is my biggest grievance with 
a lot of music biographies because they're written very poorly. Mm. And I'm the, the interesting stories, but they're written in a poor language. And I'm like, I can't get, you know, I can't get behind this. I want it. The, I want the language to be rich and and exciting. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I feel that too. Wow. Man, you, that just hit me. Yeah, I'm a bit of a yeah. language nerd. I I like, yeah. the, you know, like what we can express with language, which I think it's cool. And I mean, some sometimes we talked about this. Me and David we were like, if you want people to scream something, you you want it to be something that they can sort of relate to why they're screaming why they're it. Screaming. Yes. So that's that's a bit of the refuse approach. Like you do that. Like Love that's that. yeah, something that people can really by like, clench their fists and be like. I know what I'm screaming along to. Yeah, I can feel but, it. You know, so so it's like all about finding these different patterns and languages, and and so also in my mind, so I can compartmentalize a little bit. I mean, sometimes there's overflow and there's overflow of ideas. So I can sing, they give me a refuse song, an invasion song, that's about the same topic, but written in a completely different language. Yeah. But it's the same kind of sentiment of uh -huh. like this is what I'm singing about, but it's it's a very different uh, approach to it. Now that's that I'm amazing. thinking about deadly rhythm, yeah, wow, that's powerful. <laughs> that is a good. Wow, song. that yeah. is. It just hit, all of it's hit me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's so crazy. Because well, I because I, I was curious, you know, you're like, getting like, inside his brain. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's I'm like there's something to it. There's a there's like I'm like where does that I, I'm always curious about that. Like where does that come from? Yeah. And you sitting in with the literature and like and reading yeah. that and you know and, and I do I read a lot of books as well and I think yes every book that I've read, like now that I think about it, you know, it all speaks a different language. Yes. You know, and, and they so need to tap into, I mean, I, I assume what you do, you need to find your language mm -hmm. that, that so yeah. you can, you know, you yeah, with comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what yeah. I say. Like you need to find your language and, and it easy when, when we're young and we love Gorilla Biscuits, <laughs> we want it to sound like Gorilla Biscuits. But yeah. then when we grow up, we're like, well, I need to find what is my language? How do, how can I your speak? Voice. Yeah. You know my yeah. voice. Yeah. You know? And I think that's it's a learning curve. And I mean, I'm I'm still inspired by stuff. I can still like hear a record. I'm like, oh shit, that's so cool. I want to you know like I'll borrow a little phrase here and there. And I mean, a lot of lyrics starts with you have one line. Yeah, I like this line, and then you know you build upon that line. And if you're lucky, exactly. that's the chorus, or it could be the verse. Then you mm -hmm. build upon <laughs> that. So you know. Yeah. And but I think it's it's interesting because I am mainly a lyricist. Yeah. Um, in a lot of my bands, I I mostly just do the vocals. And I mean, Refuse David's the main songwriter. Invasion Andre from DS13 is the main songwriter. Really? I mean, yeah. That's he awesome. writes most of those songs. I write some of them. Uh huh. But so I'm I'm very much a a guy that like I gets I get demos and. I, like the second I get them, I'm like, I know what to sing. I know the melodies. I know the rhythms. And the same thing with fake names. That's Brian and Michael. They send me demos. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really good at like coming up with lyrics and, and, Mel and, and yeah, melodies. That's yeah, cool, that's kind of what I do. How, how does that happen? Like you and a bunch of Americans start a band <laughs> over the pandemic or something before? Maybe well, it yeah. was before the pandemic. Before, so yeah. I was lucky. Uh, so I met Johnny Temple, the, okay. the bass player, uh, Girls Against Boys played in soul side yeah yeah yes. but girls against boys played a show with invasion in copenhagen gotcha. and he was super nice and we broke down and talked about dc hardcore and music and then refused play riot fest a couple of years back and he was there and we were like hey what's up you know talking and then the next day so i guess they started the band at that point and they were looking for a singer and i think they asked a couple of people but then they saw Refused, and John was like, maybe this guy could do it. And the next day, so Brian Baker is there. I mean, 
I met him a couple of times, but I always been like, hey, what's up? You know, it's yeah, fucking yeah. Brian Baker from My Threat and Diagnostic. And, you know, I'm like, fuck, you know. So he just walks up, like, hey, what's up? I'm like, oh, not much. He's like, I've got a new band with Michael Hampton from SOA. Do you want to sing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how. So cool. I'm like, yes. <laughs> And I wow. and I t- and I texted I texted Andre. Yeah. Andre has a tattoo that says '80s hardcore on wow. his arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And I texted him. I'm like, I think I might be in a band with Brian Baker. And he's like, Holy shit! I didn't hear from them from weeks. I'm like, this is some elaborate prank. I'm like, What the fuck's going on? And then they sent me some demos, and they're like, Do you want to do some vocals? So I did what I do. I did vocals on like three songs. I sent them back, and they were like, Come to New York and hang out. Wow. Yeah. Dude. And then I had to sit in the mic. Is it hard not to geek out and shit at first? And I like mean, ask questions? I still, every day in the van, I'm like, what about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because DC Hardcore, like Discord, Amazing. that whole world, that's that's what I collect. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's where I spend the cash. So I mean, okay. every day for me, it's just like, I'll, I mean, first of all, they talk about DC Hardcore all the time because they they went to elementary school together, these guys. Yeah. And they played in bands together when they were 14, 15, 16, 17. They know each other, each other their entire lives. Yeah. So they always talk about. Do you remember that guy? Oh, he's in that band. Blah 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 blah. So I'm like, just taking notes, taking notes. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know everything about these people. But then once in a while, I'll sit there and they'll be lull in the conversation. I'll just go, Iron Cross. And then there's like an hour of talking about Iron, Iron Cross. Cross. I'm that like, all so right. So so that's just throwing thing out. Yeah, to yeah. Them. I just throw it out and they're they're, they're talking for an hour. I'm like, fuck yeah. So I'm I, I'm still I still geek out. I still yeah, like I, when yeah. I hang out with those guys. I'm like, I'm still like a very nerdy hardcore person, you know. So I, it's, yeah, it's embrace. Quite, we talked about that earlier. We talked about yeah, album yeah. Handle. Mike was in embrace, and me and Brian's like we love embrace. Mike was like, I don't know, man. So Brian likes it too. It's it, he says it's his favorite Discord record. Wow. Yeah. Minor threat questions. I'm sure all that stuff. All the time. Yes. But it, and I'm it, a junkyard. We talk about junkyard all the wow. time. Gray matter. Gray Matter. Yeah, they're, they're, no, no, those guys were in Gray Matter. We used to say in general. Right? Oh, that's just, yeah. uh, no, I, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we talk about out. Gray Matter. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Face, government All issue. those bands. Wow. Yeah, scream. Yeah, Scream. Woo! I'm at, I'm at, so on this on this trip, we've done eight shows in the States. I met three other guys in Scream at different shows. You meet Skeeter? I met Skeeter. Woo! What? I yeah. love Skeeter. I met Skeeter. I met the, the Stahl Brothers. Yeah, yeah, every night, it's like he was in that band. I'm like, fuck yeah. How about Bobby Sullivan? He come out? He did not come out. He lived somewhere uh, in North Carolina. Oh, okay, somewhere. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he didn't come DC out. DC was such a great scene, man. Such a beautiful yeah. scene, time, the music, mm-hmm. everything. All, all the politics, all the uh, activism. It was, and fantastic. So we, we played in DC. And uh, the first band on is called The Owners. It, and it's Dante from oh, yeah. the Ignition, Iron yeah. Cross, all those bands. And, and his wife, I think. And... And then the second man is Hammered Hulls, which is Alec from Faith. Yeah, Amanda was at the show. Amanda texted me, told me she was at your show. Yeah. So, and then we're playing, and all the, it's like a crowd of DC people, and everyone's like, oh, she was in Fire Party. Oh, that's the guy from Rights of Spring, and that's, he's from Dag Nasty, and that's the guy from Grey Matter. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm the only person on stage that's not from DC. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all these bands, I'm like, Terrified. That's Damn. that feeling's got to be insane. But it, but it was awesome. Yeah, Amanda, yeah. Amanda yeah. Mackay said you guys were awesome. Yeah, she said I get Sally Dennis, but they were great. <laughs> she was at the show. Yeah, that's wow. So it's, yeah. coming from your world and like even with Refuse and all the success, yeah. everything you had, and, but then just doing this band with like all these yeah, yeah. like heroes to you. Yes, it's true. So it must but, be surreal. But yeah. now they're just my buddies. So, no, I know, yeah. I know. But it is like the first like 
first show we played a show in uh new york like yeah, what old, was the first show in union pool in 2019 we played one show and then the record came out 2020 the pandemic so Damn. so so we're playing this first show and i'm slightly nervous but i'm like you know i, I played almost 3,000 shows at this point so you know I, i've done this yeah. but it's still like you look at it in the crowd i'm like all these, I mean, also that show, like the Sick of All guys were there, like all the New York, mm -hmm. Walter was there, all the New York people. And fucking Guy from Fugazi is right there. Just, I'm like right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, that's the greatest front man, not of all time, but top 10 top, yeah. punk front man of all time. He was time. in New York. Wow. Yeah. He was just there. I'm like, oh, it's just Guy. I'm like, but it was great. But I was, yeah. I was kind of freaking out a little that's bit. That's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. 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 But now it's like, I don't know. It it is interesting because I've done so much. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, me and Brian are like the most, you know, done the most yes. out of those guys. But it, it is interesting because I'm so in awe of their, you know, where they grew up and what they've done. So fuck, it is pretty awesome. Yeah, the songs are great. Listen to the uh, everything you guys put out so far. I ran to it the other day. Love all the songs. Love the vibe. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Man. And, it, and it's funny. I'll tell you this. I think that. The idea of like the guy from Refused and the guy from Faith and the guy from Minor Threat, everyone's oh it's going to be a hardcore band, but the thing is like those dudes, they I mean honestly they kind of invented hardcore, <laughs> yes. you know, yes, but they so. were punks, yeah, they were into like the Ruts and they were into you know like like the UK punk, Buscocks, that Buscocks, kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's that's where they want to go. I'm like per perfect for and me. they're also grown yeah. ass men yeah 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 so it's kind of yeah. cool i think i think a lot of people thought it was going to be more hardcore We're like no let's just do a punk band good, I love good that. yeah why not yeah. yeah all right we, wow this i mean <laughs> really cool I, lo I love how you geek out too like because i yeah. feel like i'm always asking you questions too totally. about yeah, new day. york hardcore yeah, i'm all, always all like day. i'll just throw no out of nowhere i'll be like so toby but it's cool you're still a fan and it's cool you get to meet I, some heroes yeah and yeah. Awesome. yeah and i i That's love amazing. it i i love i mean i'm such a nerd about record collecting and music and i mean i'm that like <laughs> here's a funny story you know this guy so we're playing in jersey with refused with the deftones and i'm on side of the stage and i i nudge david i'm like i think that's gavin from burn and and, and yeah. you know burn's very you know, they're awesome. a small New York band. Yeah. They're awesome. And I woke up on like, you, Gavin. He's like, what? I'm like, I love your band. He's like, what? Like, who the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. That's kind of the kind of nerd I am. Like, I'm like, you know. I love it. I saw you at the Chromax show. I was, be I was like, came onto the stage by Mackie, and he was yeah. on stage at the Chromax show yeah. there, too. Yeah. Damn. Okay, let's go back again for a second. We're back on track. But International Noise Conspiracy, you're off the major label. You go back home. That what's that time between that and then the, how the reunion happens? I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it a hundred. I know. <laughs> you were broke. You probably bombed. The label dropped I, the ball. Yeah. You fucking... I lived in the house by myself, out in the countryside, like mm -hmm. really out in the countryside. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I mean, we started invasion, but it was like a low key operation. We did some AC4 stuff, but then, you yeah. know. And I was like, I was kind of struggling. And then, um, are you getting offers during these past couple of years for a refuse show? Yes, leading up the, to so there, so, so there refused offers. They were kind of a constant, and we're always like, no, it's not going to happen. That's going to happen. I mean, I remember one time we turned it down, and we're touring with AC4, and we play a show in Sweden in front of four people. I mean, David just looked at the show. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. We're playing in front of four people. And we just got an offer from Coachella for like hundreds of thousands. Wow. We like turn it down. These but are the AC4 in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Damn. We, we get some offers, but I'm like, 
I don't think no one of us thinks it's a possibility because like you know it's a lot of pride and a lot of shit we need to deal with. Um, so I was like, there was a couple of years when I was, I mean, you know, it was fine, but I was kind of broke and I didn't, you know, like I was. There's a lot of like I'll call the local club. I'm like, can I DJ? I need a hundred bucks, <laughs> you know, like a lot of that. Wow. Yeah, and then and you're uh, like a local guy. People know you. Yeah, obviously. of course. Yeah. yeah, and I I still did. At that point, I did I did put up a lot of shows. I did a club, so I, you know, mm-hmm. but I was just working to sort of get by. And then, uh, yeah, then we get the offer. Third time they gave us the offer for Coachella, and then we said, uh, I mean, I didn't. David David knew I was like I w- I was curious like could we do it? Would it be cool to do? And then David calls me up. We get the offer, and he calls me up, like, "Don't talk to the guys. Like, just let it simmer for a while." I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." It's been like we got this offer, and it always turned it down. And then like two months go by and I'm like kind of forgot about it. And Dave calls me up and he's like, we're doing it. I'm like, what do you mean we're doing it? He's like, we're doing it. I'm like, should we practice this? And no, fuck, let's do it. And uh, that was it. Yeah. Because that's like 98 and then to 2012. Yeah. So this is late 2011. We kind of decided, okay, let's do it. And do you have any idea how big that record is? Well, we ca- I mean, time. I, c- I kind of knew because you get royalties. Yeah, whatever, yeah. All that. And I was out traveling. I was out touring. I was out meeting people. I think the other guys didn't really know. Fuck. They were like, "Well, you know, people like it, and it's." But I mean, when that when we dropped that we're back together, I mean, that's like trending at number number three on Twitter in the world. Wow. So I mean, it's man. like you're like, what the fuck is happening? You know? Holy yeah. Sh- that's so it surreal. Was wild. Yeah. <laughs> and so all your friends and family are probably like, holy shit, yeah. this is like... My dad's been, for years, please, please do something. Like, <laughs> get the band back together. I'm like, no. Really? You know? <laughs> wow. So as soon as you announced, you knew it was on. Yeah, it was on. But no, so here's the thing. When we announced, uh, we were planning on doing maybe eight shows. And then we got together and started practicing. And one of the things, yes, Coachella was a good payday. We got good money. But it also enabled us to, like, no one had to do it. So we took like, we practiced for like two months, maybe three months, like every day. We were like, let's do it as a job. Like let's, so the money that we got from Coachella enabled us to, to be great when we came back. Because mm. I mean, you could do a reunion and a lot of bands do reunions and you know, you practice two times, but I mean, we practiced for three months wow. every day to get in shape and you know, to get things going. And when we start practicing, we're like, well, maybe we should do more than eight shows because this is feeling pretty good and then we ended up doing 82 shows that year wow yeah dude, holy shit yeah wow. it, it got got out of control <laughs> and that's like a life changer for you probably everything yeah but it was also weird because i was i'm so used to i'm so used to playing at those you know arizona yeah. shows in front mm-hmm. of 50 people now you're and, in a bus probably and i were in a bus and it's like we go on stage and like before the first quarter we, we won the show you know you know what i mean because you know I love the idea when you start the show and you build and at the end of the show okay yeah. we're we're here now we're here now we have arrived yes but but for that we call it the victory lap we're like that's just a victory lap mm. and then you put out new music and just boom <laughs> oh the freedom record yeah, 2017 exactly and then it it changed everything Wow, so you did the 80 shows, you got really inspired, came back, yeah. and then we can do fucking record, let's yeah. go. Well, I think it was like, we felt that we wanted to play more, and we felt if we want to play more, we also need new music, because we don't want to be like, just one of those revival acts, but yeah. like, let's, yeah. let's put out new music, and we had the song Electra, which is, I think, one of our best songs, that was like the first demo that, so the other guys asked me, I didn't, I was, I, I didn't think it was going to happen, and they said, we had got this one song, should we do new refuge, and they played me the track, and I'm like, 
yes, we can do something wow. with this. So yeah. that's yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then we were like, well, whatever. I mean, we knew it was like a, a weird, impossible task. We, you know, was there any pressure from because the last record before well, that? I th- yeah, I think. I mean, it'll, it's like one of those days, like damn if you do, damn if you don't. If it's too yeah. much like that record, people will hate it. If it's not enough like that, people, will, you know, it's like. But we were just like, let's just do a record that's true to what we're into right now and how we want to right present now, it. Right now, like this many years later. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was like 14 years. We haven't written yeah. music together for four, like maybe even 15 years. And then we had to write songs. And I think the record's cool, but it, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely mixed reviews. Let's yeah. say <laughs> mixed reviews. And besides yeah. Metallica, was, this, was it crazy people coming out of the woodwork? Did people think you like a brand new band? Not so much. Okay. I mean, most people knew that we had a history, and I mean, New Noise became like a weird hit on its own. So yeah. people kind of knew. And then when we came back, I mean, it definitely changed people's perception of who you, who you are. And you have new songs that you need to insert into the set, yeah. that, you know, take away some old songs. Uh, and it was a bit of a struggle. I mean, it was fine. Like, the tour was fine. It wasn't like, it wasn't miserable. It was still on the bus and it was still big shows. Yeah, but it was—it's just like a different dynamics when you have new music out, you know. Yeah, yeah. and just playing those songs—they're like that old at that point. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. ev- every time we start new noise, I'm like, this is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And you see the reaction of the crowd. I'm like, every, yeah, time. Yeah, every time, every time. Uh, no, but yeah. that—that's kind of what it is, and it's. I don't take that for granted, but then just as I said, the, the power dynamic shift because you have new music out, and you you kind of people have to adapt to that, and it was a record that's it's a it's a weird record, yeah, yeah. but that's fine. You loved it though. You loved it. The yeah, last one. yeah. I, I, it sounds great. There's a couple of songs now that I would maybe change that a little bit, but that's that's also the curse of being a musician. You're like, there's always something that like we could do that better, but it was fine. I I thought it it was a bold bold move and i think we it was a cool record and it's and a then, couple of years after you came back too yeah, right? yeah 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 and then we did war music which i think is a fantastic record and then freedom served a little bit as a palate cleanser so people didn't have to compare people compare war music to freedom instead of comparing freedom to shape okay <laughs> you, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know you yeah. know it makes yeah. Yeah. and then that people oh sense. this is a fucking great record and then the pandemic hit, so, and here we are. <laughs> just so, so many, so many bands, so many so projects. Much. Like, you just, st- what do you think? What do you think keeps you inspired? Just so you get to do what you love. You think? Yeah, and I, I love music. Yeah, it's all about like just discovering music and pushing myself and just being in it. And um, there, there's something about like um, the, the version of myself that I am when I'm in music that's my favorite version of myself. Yeah. When I'm like, I'm fearless and I'm just, you know, I'll do anything because I'm in the zone. Well, not every night. You know that. Some Mm -hmm. nights you look at the set list and you're like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And you start thinking like, I wonder if there will be some pizza after the show. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And and then, and you know, you know, it's true. And then some nights you grab the microphone and then you look down and you're like, oh, it's new noise. What's happening? And then to be in that, that zone, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Transcends space and time, which is it's a weird thing for music to do that. Well, it's keeping you young, for sure. I'm trying. Definitely <laughs> keeps you young playing music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a style of music you haven't tried to do that you like to try, like a genre or style? Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I'm like, I'm so nerdy about music. I would try anything. I would like to do an orchest- orchestrated Orchestra. big... Uh, where I do like crooner stuff, but mm. I don't know. Crew, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day. Uh, well, before we begin it, probably I think you would do in Lords of the Underground. You're a hip hop fan too. 
Yeah, well, sort of. Did you ever rhyme on anything? No, no. Well, there's... <laughs> oh, let's go, bro. No, no, no. There's some incredibly awkward, embarrassing rhymes in some of the early first, like, refused EP. Because we were into, like... I mean, we were into some of that, like, crossover that was yeah. happening, mm-hmm. Judgment Night, you know, like, Ooh, all banger. that stuff. So so there was some there was some crossover. And also Rage Against Machine. Yes. Yeah. Blew up at that time. So we're like, oh, influenced by all that. Yeah. But I, I'm a horrible rapper. <laughs> And I, I should never do. I know David talked a lot about putting out a hip hop record. He love he loves hip hop. I'm okay. like I'm you know eh, there's cool stuff, but he loves it. But you grew up in the '90s stuff too, the hip hop. Yeah, I mean, if I listen to hip hop, it's mostly that kind of. Stuff. I mean, I had a period. Where I really liked stuff like the Goats and Great. and uh, Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. That kind of like Those political gr- political yeah. hip hop. I was really into that for a little bit. Public Enemy, of course, of course, Public Enemy. It it is interesting, and I bought License State with the Beast Boys when it came out. I bought Run DMC. I bought Public Enemy because I was like, it was so adjacent to punk. Yes, in the early days, so yes. I'm like, I'm like, I, I always yeah, say that. Yeah, so. and, and it was so because I was into like hardcore and punk, but that early hip hop thing, I was like, oh, super cool. So I I still have those records from like. 88 or whenever they in when your they, collection yeah i still have wow, those yeah dude because it was a cool thing i have this like i have an exploited live album and i pull it out and i scribble and it just says like exploited anthrax chromax run dmc it's like you know I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of cool you know yeah, yeah. it's diverse yeah. yeah palette for music but but yeah i always just love music and i'm very Open, yeah. Public open Enemy, line. Public Enemy was so punk rock, man. Yeah, they were, mm-hmm. and they were so NWA, political. Like this, yeah, yeah, and there's so there's a lot of that. Just like speaking of language, once again, like like I incorporate like disposable hair hypocrisy were huge for me. Yeah, uh, consolidated, but they were more industrial. They were like a yeah. p- political industrial, like hip hop, but that kind of stuff had a huge impact on me, like my political thinking, you know. Yeah. yeah. So did you get, were you into p- politics? Like how young did you get into politics? I mean, uh, it was probably around when we started Refused. I mean, I was kind of into it because by default, because it, it was such a part of the language of punk. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck the man. You know, it's always like, fuck the system. That kind of, you know, so that when I started writing lyrics, it was a lot of that. But Propagandhi? That was later, but but I love those lyrics yeah. on the first two records. But but when I started writing lyrics, it was you know like par for the course, kind of like mm. this is what you sing about in your hardcore band. Yeah. But then around ninety two, ninety three, I got real. I started hanging out with the young anarchist group in our town, and I educated myself. And Damn. then I got really into politics, almost so much that it became a joke. <laughs> 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 Were your friends tripping out about it? Well, I mean, a lot of my friends were in that anarchist group, but yeah. I, mean, I mean, people around me, they're like, this guy's kind of going off the rails here. Damn. I remember going in the practice space stream and shit like, music should only be a tool for the revolution. It's a fucking bourgeois construct. Damn. You know, stuff like that. But Damn. it's hard to be in a band with a guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking cool, man. It's crazy. <laughs> um, fuck. Even DS13 had some of the political stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, society it's, scandal. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's part of like the punk language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Which nowadays you see punks and they they're going to some of them go a different route. I'm like, that's kind of weird that yeah. you because because it's so ingrained. It's it's for me, punk is like rebellion music. It's music about revolution. It's music about like 
you know, getting people together, equality, like yeah. all those Same. things. And and then you see punks and you're like, yeah, it's, Trump's not about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's crazy. Yeah. It's about unity and not being yeah, separating exactly. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's always got from punk rock. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think like on, on breaking down on political uh, analysis, the fact that a lot of, we have way more in common than we like to think. True. And For sure. a lot of people that believe in like, you know, whatever right wing conspiracy, they're kind of duped and they want to believe in something and they want to have a purpose yeah. and then they latch on to these things because uh, the economical culture, social realities are so fucking complex that it's hard to grasp and then it's easy to be like, well, you know, conspiracy theories because it's like the reality is so complicated and yeah. I think I think if you look at that and break it down, you're like, most people kind of want the same things. Kind of want the same yeah, things. Yeah, I think, so I think about yeah. that all the yeah. time. I go, when you really think yeah. about it. But and, and a lot of people know? are indoctrinated into like, you know, hating each other. And it, it, I always go to like the whole like, who benefits from us hating each other? It's never us. Never. It's always someone else. And I think that's like, you got to break it down on that scale. Because it's, if you also become one like, oh, I hate all the Trumpers, then then that plays into that narrative. And I'm 100%. Yeah, and to try to understand why what it's, what's it's, fueling this hate and what's fueling these ideas and I think without social yeah. media we'd be in a better place as humans. Yeah, that is true. Uh, magnified everything and made shit. Yeah. yeah. Perspective. Well, because you gotta everything. think like everyone everyone goes to their phone yeah. for information. For the news for everything. Yeah. For everything. And meanwhile, like like you just go talk to your neighbor. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause like 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 we've said before, you know, whatever people say online, if 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 your phone is down, you don't know what's there. You don't know what's yeah, being said. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And 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 the because it takes you away from the reality of like where you really are when you're yeah. looking at a screen constantly. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, like there's people around. You can talk yeah. to people. There's you can conversations. Talk to your there's to conversations. Have. Yeah. And it's more like this. You right? get the face to face conversations. You get the more real. That's yeah. why I'll never argue with someone online. No, never. They, nope. If they say nope. anything, you never went in Because yeah, one, it's like. Well, I don't know who you are, yeah. and I don't know this. Like, I can't get an energy off of you. No, nope. you're probably just slightly upset at something, or you just probably just want to troll and yeah, mess around. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, let me yeah. let me keep this going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they probably don't even care no. what they're really saying, no. but they want to get someone riled up. So it's like you, it's it's too. Whereas, like, if I'm sitting in front of somebody, yeah. I can get your energy. I can know what the yes. conversation is. The yeah. vibe. We can is. agree to disagree on and things. We can agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but as you say, you can read in the you, the vibe of it because yeah. on, online it's hard to like. Are you joking right now? Yeah. Is this you know? Do you check? Uh, do you check your DMs? Do you, do you talk to people online? I, I respond to all my DMs. Yeah, do you do this in negative comments? Do you let that bother yeah, you? Well, here's the thing. I would say ninety percent. No, ninety-eight percent of everyone that posts this on like my personal Instagram, they're super supportive Dope. once in a while someone writes something and then i'll say just get off if you don't like it get off my instagram you don't need to be here I like and, that. and you know that that's kind of my take on it yeah. and i mean if people are cool about engaging in like a conversation i'll sometimes engage but most of the time if people are assholes i'm like eh, not gonna bother yeah. but i try to respond to everyone that writes me i try to even if it's just like a thumbs up you know like yeah. i love your band i'm like thumbs up a lot of times yeah. people yeah. appreciate yeah, that yeah exactly much, so I, I try to engage even though I kind of, I'm I'm an old school punk guy. I, I you know like like social media is quite weird and you know, mm -hmm. yeah. 
there's always someone screaming behind me like more content more content and i'm like no what's you know <laughs> what's yeah. happening you know especially but, being a comedian that's all i ever i hear. get that yeah Plus, that's like good. in fucking five different bands you have no yeah. time for social media this exactly writing fucking song i got like, guy do shit to <laughs> fucking post stuff on all. yeah but and i don't know i i it's fine but i try to engage with people i try to talk to people and just you know people are cool most of the time yeah. people are cool. so we did but then once in a while people lo- lose the plot and you're like so we d- i did the bobblehead and you did the throw yeah head. yeah so and, and it got stuck because of the pandemic it yeah. took a while for people to get yeah. it correct yeah okay but so we posted it on the refused instagram and you know the deals like you'll get 50 copies you get 50 of these for free yeah give to your friends yep. you can sell them if you want to totally that's the deal and we posted on on the instagram or refused and people lost their shit fucking sellouts you fucking capitalist bastard i'm like wait what's going on here they people were so angry that our management removed the post and i'm like wait what's going on i got 50 copies for free and you're <laughs> hating on me oh it's my. like you know it's but, of, of the bobblehead yeah yeah the same I'm, yeah same deal yeah and i'm like what's going on why are you so angry about this i do put down a lot of it first of all no one hates refused more than our fans, which is kind of in- endearing that, it, that it, people are so opinionated about our band, which I kind of love it. Okay. But I also think a lot of it has to do with um, basic education about what capitalism is. <laughs> 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 capitalism one. is when you are making money of the labors of others and then people are like, I'm a proud capitalist. I'm like, nah, I don't think you own a Fortune 500 company. You're just some dude working, yeah. and you're an apologist for rich people. So there's some of that, you know. But you know, most times people are kind. <laughs> you still <laughs> have the bobbleheads? <laughs> I, no, I sold them all. Sick. Me I too. gave I gave a bunch of them away. I sold. Me too. I signed some. Yeah, sold. I yeah, sold them. Cool. I signed them. It was awesome. People are super happy. Yeah. Dude, we have bobbleheads. Yeah. Such a that it's is so cool, man. We made it. it. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> this is a sign. Of, we made it. <laughs> well, the bobbleheads. Yeah, that's right. The same company. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, you really, you really can see uh, people's level of education. Yeah. Through mm. social media. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and you're like a lot of, and sometimes you read their comments and like, I want to be like, no, but I uh, know I'm not gonna be. Bothered. Yeah, yeah. You want to, like, you want to do but, it, and then you're but, like, no, no, no. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. You want to do it, then you're yeah. like, I'm, I don't. Want yeah. Live. What's like a day in the life? You like what's like a daily like a daily ritual or something you do at home when you're not touring? I do yoga every morning. Nice. Get up. Keep. I mean, you know how it is. Like we need if we're gonna do this, we need to keep our bodies in shape. You wake that's, up early. Mm, eight ish. Eight. That's good. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah. Get up, do yoga, and then I work for a couple of hours. I usually I I so yoga tidy the house. That's like two things, and then when I'm done with you know taking care of that. I'll work for a couple hours and then I usually go and throw disc golf. What's that? Yeah. Disc golf. Uh, Don't tell me you know because you know everything about Sweden. But no, no di- they di- do it dis- here. What's it di- called? Disc, disc, disc golf. golf. I've heard. So Sorry. basically, it's like golf, but with frisbees, and okay. they have these. Yeah. Th- yeah, they have a it's whole. It's the course. fastest growing mm-hmm. sport in America. Oh, okay. You sure. have maybe twenty courses just around LA. Yeah, there's a okay, bunch I didn't here. Yeah. Sorry, man. No, no I will never apologize. <laughs> forgive you for this. So disc golf. Okay. Yeah. So. It's quite nerdy, and as it, you know, you throw a frisbee into a basket. Okay. And uh, when the pandemic hit, I was like, "Fuck, what am I gonna do in my life?" And a friend of mine called me and said, "Let's go play disc golf." I'm like, "I don't, no, no, no." And I did, and I got hooked, mm. and I love it, and I try to play almost every day. Wow, that's very good exercise yeah, too. It's yeah. good. I mean, just a lot of walking, but it's like it clears my mind off of all the other shit. Yeah. And it's like when you're working 
as a creative person, and you, you both know this, like you're always on. Totally. Always every on. movie, every conversation, every record, it's like gathering information. When I go out on the course, I don't think about any of that. Awesome. It's just like one hour, one hour, I shut it off, I go throw a fucking disc in the, in the forest, I'll go back home and I work. That's kind of what I and do. And working means just working on music. Yeah, working groups. on music. I got to say a lot of it's working on logistics. <laughs> okay, logistics. Okay. Logistics. You know what it is. Like, you know, a lot of music is actually like trying to fucking puzzle your schedule together or book some yeah, flight yeah. or it's, yeah. you know. Uh, so you do it all yourself, the booking and all yeah, that yeah. stuff? Yeah, wow. yeah. Most of it, yeah. yeah. Damn. So you drink I, coffee? No. Wow. I never started drinking coffee. Wow. Yeah. I'm one of those dudes. That's kind of cool. My wife never had a coffee either. Yeah. You tea guy? No. Caffeine guy? No. Soda sometimes. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just water? Soda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your soda of choice? Is it American brand? or? Well, I mean, they're all American brands. Or Diet Coke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. All right. Not Fritz Cola. Not Fritz Cola, which, okay, is, okay, which, okay, is, okay. which is probably one of my favorites. I fucking but love it, Fritz But it's very, very German. <laughs> That's my treat in Europe, yeah. Fritz Cola, Yeah, man. Fritz Cola is great. I like Dr. Pepper. Wow. An ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So that's your that's your thing, your doctor. That's my drug of choice. Oh right, and, and record collecting. But so. never no, never coffee. Wow. No, never coffee. Damn. Yeah. Do you have any uh, major regrets in your life? Not really. I mean, you know, you think about people you could treat them nicer, or you could have worked out a situation in a different way. But I mean, everything. I'm quite. I'm quite happy where where I'm am where I'm at in my life. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. So it's not like I. I mean, everything dumb that I did and all the bad choices made, got me here so I don't yeah. really I mean of course there's some personal relationship but like ah, I was kind of a dick to that guy or, you know mm -hmm. but but at the end of the day I'm, I'm it, the journey took me here and the, the journey is the journey and yeah. I think that's kind of the thing like uh, you know we're still working we're still doing this and we're still on this journey I think it's pretty awesome you don't think you ever retire from music I don't I hope not I think it's be writing. Even yeah. if you're not doing, you're writing, yeah. and deciding, and putting. I mean, stuff look out. at Iggy; he's like 72. I know. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you ghost write for people too? Write songs for people? I've done a little bit. I've done some like I helped out and did some collaborations and stuff like that. And I've I've been approached to ghost write, but I I don't have the time really. Yeah. But I, I've done some collaborations. They've been cool, and you just like lend my vocals to stuff, and mm -hmm. you know did stuff like that a little bit. Yeah. Um. We'll be like maybe. <laughs> Top five artists or, or musicians that inspired you, or bands. Uh, that's that's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. It is for a lot. Yeah. Know. Well, I did so a on couple. It's a couple on, on my YouTube channel. I did a thing where I, the the five records that really changed my life. Okay. Mm. And really changed the trajectory of who I am. Mm. I'm gonna try to remember them, but it was Bowie's "Let's Dance," of course. Maybe it was the Beatles, because the Beatles were the, the first band that got me into music. God. Stole my dad's Beatles record. But I think, wow. I mean, Bowie is maybe probably number one for me. Bad Brains, probably, I mean, you know. It is interesting to hang out with all those old DC people that are like, if, well, if you ask them, they're like, what's the best band you've ever seen? Everyone says Bad Brains. So Beatles, Bad Brains, Bowie. This guy's That's on some insane. B shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then, I mean, what else? They all seen the Bad Brains back in the other DC. Yeah, exactly. They all too. saw them and they're like, oh, they're the best, best live band ever. Um, let's see what else I read. I mean, Slayer. Slayer was one of those bands where I was like, you know, like I bought Raining Blow when it came out. I'm like, holy fuck. Insane this is album. Ne next level Insane of everything. 
Um, uh, let's see what else really inspired me. That's I mean, a sick mix. Yeah, I tried all over the place. Any I New York bands? I mean, well, Iggy's uh, New York right now. I guess. Well, no, oh, he's Detroit. Oh, sorry. Iggy's Detroit. Oh, Ramones, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, Ramon, I loved Ramones. I mean, Ramones were important. Like, one of the first records when I got into punk, my uncle called me. He's like, oh, you're into punk. And he gave me Road to Ruin. He's like, I'm like, fuck yeah. Incredible, man. Uh, and also, too, the first two, the jam records. Really the jam. Like, yeah. okay. But I mean, that's important. But I, I mean, I'm How about just, the Clash? I love the Clash so much. Amazing, but man. I got to put it out there. As far as importance goes, Break down the walls. Youth Ooh, today. I mean, that that today. was like that was such a game changer for me because I was into hardcore and punk. Yeah. And I was into metal, and that record. And my friend called me up saying, "Like the fucking straight edge." Yeah, and I, I read the that. lyrics. I'm like, "This seems cool." And so that that record was a huge game changer for me. I mean, some of it now l- listening to it, I'm like, "There's some corny lyrics, and it's a lot of posturing." But what it did to like 17 year old me is just Same. blew my mind. You yeah. Know? So that was that was a massive record. Yeah. Any hip hop in your in, in there? I mean, I would say the Public Enemy. Yeah. I, yeah, that was a band that was like, you know, the whole fight the power, and I was like, this is rad, you know. So <laughs> awesome! It was so awesome. Um, That's a good question. I like the way you asked that because usually you ask people about albums, but you. You said life changing. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I think that's a better question. Okay. A lot of people have those like yeah. pivotal moments through certain albums yeah. that have like made them like. And, and someone, it's hard to list just five, though, for sure. Yeah, no, it is. And someone that really had a huge impact on me as, as for political uh, writing was Billy Bragg. Wow. So, so, cause I was into punk and hardcore and a little bit of hip hop, and I was like, it's political, and I was super getting into politics. And I heard Billy Bragg, and he was super political, but it was like just him and a guitar. And yeah. the way he wrote about politics were different. And maybe not one of my favorite artists, but that impact of finding that uh, first two Billy Bragg records, yeah. uh, uh, talking with the post taxman about poetry or whatever it's called. And I'm like, holy fuck, you can write about politics this way as well. Mm. And that really blew my mind and then you know that sent me of a trajectory to you know all things yeah, nobody talks about billy bragg he was pretty awesome actually he, he was like some of his early stuff is so good and it's so political and it's really personal at the same time and really kind of honest yeah so that that, were, that made a big impact i mean as i said it's maybe not my top 100 really but just yeah. that record but, yeah. finding it and that that impact that it had on me like in in my way of thinking about politics and music you know, and then and what? Then what does like veganism mean to you at fifty years old when you've been like your whole life with the environment? Yeah, and it's, it's so popular now. It, yes, it's so can it's everywhere you look. When we started, it was nothing. It was like There's nothing falafels or a tofu pup or beans and rice. Yeah, and yeah, it's amazing how the world's kind of caught up, w- woken up a little bit. So I think the biggest difference for me is. In the 90s, I had to fight people because I was vegan. It's true. And now I walk in a room and some guy looks at me and gets so nervous. And he says, well, yeah, my girlfriend's vegetarian. I eat a lot of vegan food. I'm like, I didn't say anything. I just walked in the room. It's crazy. And that's the biggest change, I think, where it's just like people get kind of nervous. I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't preach. You yeah, know, just, you yeah. know, I'm just a vegan. Uh, it's I, interesting how people like think about themselves uh, and they yeah, see that. And, yeah. yeah. But I, and I'm also... Of course, I think the biggest change is that we were into veganism because of animal rights. Yes, we weren't really interested in diets or healthy food. It's like more no. like let's blow up some meat trucks, let's free some animals, you know, yeah. more, more that route. And that's why I became a vegan. And now it's like you'll go to any store in the world and buy. I'm vegan. They're like, 
we got you, which is or plant yeah. based, yeah, yeah, plant based, whatever. I, I'm fine with that as long as I get and good Sweden's food. Sweden's crushing with all that Free, stuff. Yeah, we are crushing it with vegan stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're back. Kind of we're back then too, but yeah, but not now. Not, it's not, like, now it's like everywhere. Damn, it's so beautiful. Yeah. happened. man, man. I got to go to Sweden. I you know gotta go what, to you come to Sweden and hang out. I, I would love to. Come hmm. up to Emil. We'll oh, hit all on. the spots. We'll go to the punch really? shows. Yeah. Fuck yeah. He'd be, that'd yeah. be sick. I, I would go for that for his tour guide. Yeah. yeah. All this stuff. We'll go to the final exit sign, the Emil sign. Take some photos from the from the record. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then last question: You optimist or pessimist? I'm an optimist. I wouldn't I be here tell. if I wasn't an optimist. I, I yeah. fucking, I believe in us. I believe in our ability to do good things, and I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, you know, I can be a bit, bit, uh, you know, misanthropic in the view of the world, but I mean, I'm an optimist. I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to believe in revolution, if you want to believe in radical ideas, you have to be an optimist. So I'm very much an optimistic. I'm kind of a happy person in general. With refuse that comes up, up I'm super angry. So sometimes <laughs> people people have a hard time approaching me because they think I'm super serious and like mm. I'm gonna approach Dennis, but then we need to talk about politics for like five hours, and I'm like, no, it's all good. You're Just super, you're super chill. I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. It's yeah. like, don't you think so? Yeah, one hundred percent. Did you think it was gonna be intense because of his music? Keep it one hundred. No, man. no, because there's the, the the diversity of his uh, yeah. of all the different yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, chill out, Chappelle. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have any more questions for him? Should probably get questions for him, man. This is like a big day, bro. <laughs> you ask questions? me, or like, ask me anything about Umi Hardcore or punk. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you put me on the spot here. No, no, no. this is your fucking moment. This guy's going back. I know. Home, I mean, I just, I mean, I have, I have nothing like really to ask. I just like the scene was just so yeah unique to me, and I, I just can't believe like. At I was just a years big old, thank you, man. Yeah, big thank, yeah, big oh. thank you. Like that's. A, <laughs> No, seriously. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I'm saying give us give us Yeah, flowers, because bro. Uh, that was something that, you know, when I discovered that scene, it just like really changed my life, and it really, you know, because it, it was something different than what I was like listening to, yeah. and it was like powerful, and it was fast, and it was, and it just matched the uh, what I felt through In my your body. Head to it, an matched my, it matched everything. Because before you had anger management, so yeah. This was... Like when I first saw Epileptic Terror Attack, I was just like. This is home. Like I mean, this yeah, is. Epileptic Terror Attack is such a deep cut. <laughs> even even in Umeo, it's such a deep cut. It's a deep cut. Yeah, it's a deep cut. You know, because they only had, they only had the two Arizona. they only had the two records. Uh, yeah, killed by skateboard, and then uh, we are the attack. Yeah, and so like those. I mean, and then yeah, I killed by this, kids, yeah. and you know, uh, there, there's something va- so. Va- va- I don't know if I'm saying it. Vod vet Vion Kriget. Yeah, did yes. I say it right? Vod vet Vod vet Vion Kriget. Is, uh, what do we what know I, about the war? What do we know about the war? Okay. Yeah, that's what yep. <laughs> I asked your brother that, and he told me what it meant. <laughs> so there's something exceptional, beautiful about someone in Arizona to discovering a, a, a small band from a small town and it being a life-changing experiment, experience because that's what happened to me. I heard these American hardcore bands. True. I was like, it changed my life. Mm. And then you have this weird... So the punk world is very... We're very open-minded most of the time. Yeah. Like, you'll go to Mexico and some kid hit you up like, yo, you coming to Mexico? Do you want to hang out? I'm like, fuck yeah. Drive me, you know. Take me I, to the local spot. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. So my partner is always like, who are you meeting? I'm like, oh, you're just some dude. She's like, do you know this person? I'm like, no, he's some punk. And she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? How does that work? I'm like, but that's, that's what just it is. the way it works. That's just really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Somebody DM me like, hey, yeah. I live in this town. I take you to all the vegan spots. Yeah. Come meet me exactly. at the venue. Yeah. I'll just go meet somebody. Yeah. Even at this time in my life, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that all the time. And now even with the disc golf, I'll just hit up people like, 
I'm in town. Does anyone throw some disc? And fucking random strangers pick me up in their car. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Is that is that smart of us? Is that I don't know because well, like it, I mean, I mean you trust it like world, this. Yeah. It's because our world's time, so niche and like yeah. we all have it's a true. certain way yeah. about us. And but it's so, hard. It's hard know. to see that now. Like back in the day, you see somebody with a Fagazi shirt, yeah, yeah. or a Misfit shirt. And you knew that they were like, okay. Yeah. But now it's just different how things are so big. You're That's not true. Sure. I mean, anytime I've worn a DS-13 shirt, of no course. one's ever talked to me about it. Of course. <laughs> if you see somebody with that, you know you're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. but if you, if someone, like if I see someone with it, I'm, I actually did. At uh, your show in New Jersey, there was a guy wearing a DS-13 shirt. No way. Yep, you swear you to God. ran up. Yep, and, I, and, we, and we like, and it was like immediate because like you said. It's, you show it's me a, tat? Yep. And we and we had a full conversation when I was working the merch for you wow, at the crossroads dude. or whatever. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and and, and then I, I went to it. like certain areas of like Sweden to like what like what other areas have other bands yeah. and you know I found out about this band Krikshot. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and that singer had passed away. Uh, maybe yeah, he died in a tsunami. Yes, uh, yeah, I yeah, forget, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mishko, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mishko. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, and then uh, then uh, Mas Grav. Yeah, must go up. Yes, aren't they from? They're from Stockholm. I think they are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. just played an email like yeah. uh, two yeah, months yeah, yeah. ago. I yeah. like those guys too. Yeah. yeah there's, I mean, who is this guy? <laughs> he loves hardcore, bro. Isn't he this loves beautiful? Swedish hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so never even been there. I, I love it. What's dude. so crazy too is I I found that before New York hardcore. I love that's it. Dope. That's so cool. That's the that's the craziest but thing. I've got to put the question out though. Is this the most niche you've ever been on this yes, podcast? Hundred percent, man. All right, people were going to be. Who are they fucking people, talking about? People got so many oh, gems. Hey, in this listen, <laughs> send me d- DMs and I'll show you all these bands. But like, you got this is so many gems and yeah. thank you so much for being here and like when we yeah, talked about it for a couple months and you made time and it was really awesome. Dude. It was really awesome. Really mm, talking yeah. to you, catching up. We met. Yeah. We met throughout the years, but now yeah. like having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Damn, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> anything else you want to say? No, nah, I'm gonna go book anything my flight. I'm gonna go book my flight to Sweden. Yo, Dennis, we covered everything, right? We covered a lot. We're good. Oh, we we cover a lot. With the notes, you get is there an yeah. airport in Umeå? Yes, there Come is. Oh, you can fly all the way up. You can stay in my house. I got a big house. Damn, in the woods? No, it's in a small town. Don't right outside of Umeå. Twenty minutes outside. Okay, of last thing. You never wanted to move to America. None of that stuff ever. I've been tempted. And then I realized how expensive it is to live everywhere. So I'm like, nah, I'm just going to stay here and I can travel instead. Yeah, yeah. you probably own, you own your crib. You're up in some yeah. spot. You're chilling, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Good it's for you. Good. You worked hard, man. You worked hard your whole yeah. life playing music and still working doing hard. what you loved and believing in yourself. Yeah. and Just keep on and doing you it. Never, and you never quit. Nope. Like one thing stopped, you kept going. I love that. It's yeah. really inspirational, yeah. man. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right, well. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find him on social media. You can find his band everywhere. His bands everywhere. Fake right. Names is out now. The yeah. tour's over, obviously. Yeah. Um, Tell Jonas I said hi. I will. <laughs> That's he's his brother. Listen, he's going to listen to this one. Yeah, he will have to. But, Dennis, thank you so much for being here, bro. Yeah. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. It was beautiful. Okay, bro. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos. I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg. It's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out. Swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen, so I never went back. So as of most recently... I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. 
My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use tobyh 20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology, cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do on these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code, TobyH20, and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.